You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Your hardcore podcast, uh, picking up voice of the people, voice of the people, picking up momentum at all times. Perhaps the, perhaps the biggest hardcore podcast. I mean, depends on your definition. Quick stop. Yeah, definitely the best hardcore podcast. Oh, I mean, by far, and only because we got cool listeners, and you guys send us cool shit to talk about. Keep doing that. Yes, thank you very much. This Uh, is I'm Bob. I'm Patrick. Tom, and format. You're probably sick of hearing it, but somebody's every episode is somebody's first episode. Thank you. So here's the idea. It's called Axe to Grind because we've been around a minute. Uh, we're, I debate if we're old, but I, th- but, but I think that to some we are old. For this niche you were pretty. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. yeah. so, Question mark, though, because we can talk about that. Oh, we'll bring it, all right, we'll bring it back. Put a pin. So uh, the Axe to Grind idea here is that we... Uh, announce our personal biases or, or, or individual grievances uh, by saying, listen, I got an axe to grind here. So we could be talking about any subject, musical, otherwise, etc. And when we are off on one, uh, we announce that we are off on one. That's it. That's it. Otherwise, it's just us talking about hardcore music. So, uh, and hardcore fuckery. All the nonsense. And we're going to start off with some nonsense today. Yes. Okay. You want to... This is a... Okay. You know, this, is, this, is, this is both fuckery... And some heavy shit. Depending in a few on different ways. depending on who you are and your D and D style alignment, this is either something to laugh at or something to pull your heartstrings. And I find very few people in the middle of those because, I, okay, what we're talking about is Rick to life. Uh, for those of you who that name doesn't ring any bells. Can you give us some background on Rick to Life? Because, <laughs> starting we, because we have one of the three of us is a Back to Basics recording artist. That's true. That would be me, yo. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's been around for a long time. He's a singer in a, formerly a singer in a band called 25 to Life that's now a band without him. Um, you know, he's always had kind of a reputation for being somewhat sketchy. In the 90s, he drove around with a crazy distro. Right. With bootleg, bootleg everything. Right. Like, I definitely picked up, I think it was one of the Four Punch records, like a CD. And you and it was a burn CD. When it was a burn it. CD yeah. with a color copy of the cover and nothing, no insert, nothing. And yeah. the, the folklore of it is, too, that the Four Punch demos all had colored paper covers, specifically red were a lot of them. 
So it's hard to copy. So it's hard to copy. And many bands in that kind of lineage followed that pattern. So so he put out a bunch of records, got a bunch of people out there. And 25 to Life had a minute. Oh, Oh, absolutely. They were one of the bigger bands for a couple of years. Axe to Grind. I hate 25 to Life and their music sucks fucking balls and always has. I didn't I, I'm, not, I'm not even sure that's an axe to grind. That might be, that might be a material <laughs> reality. It was sure. just reality. But, but okay, so uh, the distro, I think, is very difficult to explain to somebody so, that grew up in a digital era. Okay, so distro, uh, a crate of records, but for some it would just be records brought to a show. And um, this was individuals a lot of times who were deciding, as part of being in the hardcore community, they were going to bring records that they either felt were good or viable or... Just managed to trade at cost or whatever. Sell. Sure. But a lot now, of people who did record labels did these distros. Right. So now imagine every show you go to, you buy like 10 shirts and say 10 records from every band that plays. Yes. And it's cumulative. So every time you go to the next show, you have all the stuff that you bought at every prior show and then sell it to people... Right. That's what, especially with Rick, that was his deal. Yes. He would play with Four Punch one weekend, and then the next weekend he would have, you know, he might have bought five shirts from Porter, and miraculously, now he has 20. <laughs> or or copies of records, and all that right. sort of stuff. And so, he did get, for, for whatever people want to say about him being sketchy and making a living off of other people's work, sure. he did get a lot of bands' names out there for the, like, for their, that was our first kind of record that was not, like... On our merch table. Well, right. That, and it he, actually got out there. And so, for yeah, he, he literally spread the hardcore reality. Yeah. He really no, did. No doubt. Uh, so he was a, a frequent uh, cameo appearance in Albany, New York with his distro. Sure. Where 25 to Life didn't even need to be playing. It was no. just a big show. He'd show up. And, like, this is kind of, Maybe this is hard to explain. Maybe I'm not going to VFW shows in the Midwest, so maybe I'm out of touch. It's like this show still exists, though. Uh, they do. Not, not necessarily in the same way. But the, the prevalence... Like, there were there were several people doing this... At every and, show. At every yeah. show. Right. Sure. And sometimes you'd show up and it's like, oh, shit, Rick's here and... Joe, Joe Nine, Nine, Joe Nine, yeah. Nine yeah. is here. Right? Yeah. And... and They'd be selling. They compete for your business. And, and, right. like and so, swap me. So bands would be selling their merch, but also the distro is here, right? And they'd be selling the band's merch only too. if they, only if they were distasteful. Cr- yeah, that, the tasteful move was oh they're playing. I'm not going to sell. Well, this Joe Nine Iron wouldn't do that. But other people that Rick we are talking about, right? right. Correct. So, but the reason so in Europe you still go to you go to shows and there's still a distro. But we should point out that so if if you're listening to this and thinking I know what a motherfucking distro is like. No, you don't understand. There was a period where it it really... And maybe there was also a person selling cupcakes. It literally... You'd go to a show... And, Pasta. It, and it was a swap meet. It was it, a one-stop shop for everything. Right. Hardcore, yeah. So, uh, Rick, Rick to life, uh, I guess, flourished? Is that the word we want to use? <clears throat> he mean, was he survived. He survived. He lived off his distro. And he was a character. He was... He 100%. was... 100%. He was a character in 1998... As he was in 2003, but in 1998 to the early 2000s, he was tangible. He wasn't some weird myth that existed on the internet. He wasn't a guy on a home, on a, a horse. horse. Yeah. yeah, not yeah, a yeah. Horse, so, so like, he was a guy in a home. I don't know, he might be about. in a home. Yeah. yeah. So he's always been an odd duck, uh, but something happened to him. And now, uh, listen, we're starting to get into, we're going to dance around. Yeah, we're going to do some dances. A, a lot of. Um, 
dangerous people's involvement with some of this shit. So, uh, because A, their grievance with Rick might have been totally legitimate and maybe none of our business. And B, because we don't want them knocking on our motherfucking doors. And, so, and so to start, I think there are some legit grievances. And I'm not we're not Aaron Laundry. No, so I, we're, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say that the distro being a total scam that Oh uh, fucking th- who cares about that? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think so whenever somebody would talk about beating Rick up years ago, firstly he looked weirder than everybody, so people didn't step to him as much as he would have gotten stepped to otherwise. Yes. And he was kind of like adjacent to people that he didn't want to fuck with. Correct. Correct. And, and he, he made, made that known. Yeah. Right. To probably to more of an extent than it was actually Absolutely. in reality. Because if you speak to some, you know, legit dudes, they like, weren't. They weren't. They, they weren't. Fu- they weren't was. fucking with him yes. years ago. But he right. But he was kind of adjacent enough. Like, hey, he's a prop. He's been around forever. Let him yes. you know, like, do whatever. Right. Yeah. But uh, so whatever people's grievances with him were, uh, it results in him taking a pretty bad head injury. Is that fair? Think so. Not not aware. I mean, he certainly behaves like it is. Yeah, I think he might have. He got his yeah. head cracked, and oh, okay. and since yeah, yeah. that time, he has. An already strange man has become... Oh, off the deep end. Really off the deep end. Yeah. And this has sometimes to great comedic effect if you can look past the fact that the guy has a TBI. You know what Real I mean? Legitimately. Like, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so like, brain injury, yes. So if you can look past that, which takes a cold heart, you can laugh at that shit. Well, it takes a cold heart, but one also that I think takes ignorance. And, uh, and this dude is definitely impaired. Uh, no question. Or it might be too close to you that you're like, fuck this guy, I don't give a shit what's wrong with him. And if you are too close, okay. this conversation's only partially for you. Right, exactly. So, so if you're, Because if, we can understand too close. Yeah, because that's what this dude is now... Um, touching. Na- now touching. This man is now too close for a living. He's saying things now... That, that are... We, we deplorable. Would just say deplorable, yeah. unacceptable. And, uh, and with, it, with brain injury... Um, Still deplorable. So. so here's the deal. Right. There's no way someone of right mind would Says say these, these sorts of things. And unless it's like, my thought is... Unless he's got a death sentence. Yeah. Right, that's my thought. Like, all right, as someone who works, I work with mentally ill people for yeah. a living. Mentally ill criminals. That's what I do for a living. This dude sounds like it's some suicide by cop shit. I, yes. Exactly my thoughts. This is not right. suicide like, by cop. This is suicide by criminal. You know what I mean? But, like, the, but the equivalent of kind of like, there's no way you think you can make it out alive saying, saying these right. things. And saying these things. So it's both a uh, of uh, a judgment that, oh, there was speculation that you were severely mentally impaired. This is just confirmation and... But it's but working it's against you. It's aggressive right. to the point where, you know what, man? Like, I know there's there's memes about this fucking dude. That shit, yo, he's on a horse that was funny. But then you go, oh, he's got something serious wrong with him. Maybe that's not funny. Maybe that's less funny to make fun of somebody who's got serious injuries or is impaired. At this point, quite disabled. Right, but on the other side of that coin, he's saying, saying some stuff that... He's saying some stuff that's aggravating. And beyond you, aggravating, yeah. If you are, if oh, it's it's it's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Really and like, if, if he's saying that, uh, you should be offended. You should uh, know that this isn't things that a person in the right mind is saying. But if that it touches you and your world, or even people two steps away from you, uh, I understand and accept your aggression towards it, it, that's that's the thing right, right. it if, doesn't preclude him it, from is that is that if somebody if a homeless guy is screaming on the street he's clearly mentally ill 
it's all good. When he yells in your girlfriend's face, you might have to push him down. And if he grabs your girlfriend and starts shaking her in a threatening way... Man, clock the guy if you got the, him. The, the fact that he's mentally ill, exactly. It kind of falls apart. Right. Yeah, it falls so, aside. So, falls away. But he is uh, acting wild, and a, a week ago, he was saying shit that bordered on... It was rude, and it was distasteful, distasteful. But, it, but it was to people that, A, are, are not wild criminals, and B... Um, took a higher road. It took a higher road. He's now... He is... T- he's in poking my, the bear. In my view, he's suicide by copying exactly. Like, he, like that he, dude is fucking with the wrong guys. Right. Like, so, uh, I'm going to say something that's n- maybe not popular with those fellas. Forgive me, dudes, that... Uh, the shit he said, you do what you got to do. No excuse. No, know, excuse. no excuse. Yeah. But uh, having had a lot of contact with people with uh, traumatic brain injuries, uh, uh, this man has my sympathies he's not also should be mentioned he's not saying anything about my loved ones that's right yeah right so it kind of so so here's whatever what his excuse might be fuck that yeah. do what you got and 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 my pullback on all this is that i'm not speaking to this i'm speaking to the broader idea that this guy is clearly mentally impaired and before this shit before his recent um suicide by cop behavior he became a joke and let me make it clear I think he kind of is a joke, and he kind of was, and he was back then. But this dude was a person who was part of the community, and I see people out there still repping this dude shit, repping this dude as an artist of Twenty Five to Life. Twenty Five yeah. to Life is more popular right now than they've been in twenty years. I, you know is what? it because of I don't Stick know, Man and, and I or, or no, I don't think it's because of that. I wonder if it's because of this dude becoming a meme and that that kind of. Stirring up, it prompts, and the, it prompts, right? It's like trickle down. Prompts attention. It prompts, and you know, obviously, the 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 vein of where hardcore as a music is kind of like centered. Some of its attention is more in that realm. So, uh, Twenty Five to Life is fucking bad music. This dude is not somebody I'd ever be interested in seeing, shaking hands with, talking with. But also not one I'd want to be following on Facebook. Also, one though as a compassionate human being that I'm not really thrown in my group chat and taunting and trying to fuck with and, and like I get some of that in this like funny haha way but I do think look guys I get it some of that shit's funny but don't be corny I think it's corny I think it's corny to pick on somebody like that just cause you can and it's targeting now he said some shit about your loved ones he said some shit about your loved ones loved ones he said some shit about your loved ones loved ones loved ones do what you gotta do. Yeah. But well, if you just teasing this dude for no reason, come on, man. Yeah, it's in bad taste, and and you'll almost never hear me say that because I, I, you know, I think you, you love teasing. Shit. I I also like, like bad, bad taste. taste. I really yeah. do. I I really don't think there's any limits on who you should make fun of. But when somebody is incapable, uh, uh, like I don't believe in all that punching downward shit. I think that that's like just a thing that people say. Yeah. This yes. would be an example of punching downward. This would be like if you're if you are mocking this dude. You might just need to check yourself because almost certainly you are doing better. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, and, and like I saw the video, the, the pictures of that dude on the horse. Undeniably funny. No doubt. The yeah, he's video, like and all this bullshit. Dude, like the funny. video of him doing the like karaoke set in the, somebody's yeah, backyard. It's not as funny to me. That's brutal. Yeah. 
it's brutal. I still thought it was a little funny, but then you start to peel back the onion and go, oh, seriously. And yeah, and he got paid to go and play a show with oh some God. sketchy guitar player guy. Oh, right. that was, that's right. It was a sketchy. He was like a white power guy. Right. But Ugh. Ugh. I mean, it's it's that's funny because it's like, hey man, you chose to do this. He didn't You're have a fucking to. Idiot. Yeah, like, don't make fun of that. But right, but, but here's the deal. Uh, I, I'm gonna say that. Is this too heavy for this podcast? It, well, it's pretty heavy, but we're going there. Pretty heavy. We'll, get, we'll get through it quick. I, yeah. Let me just say that if you're in the sound of my voice and you are, without knowing it, maybe exploiting Rick, like let's say you are Rick's contact with the outside world. Like let's say you're the one feeding yeah, yeah, yeah. him some bullshit about yeah. current things. Whatever's going on. Whatever's going on. If you're that person uh, and you don't, maybe, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you don't understand that you're exploiting a dude who's going to die. Yeah. Uh, you should stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, whatever. This yeah. dude hasn't been relevant in any in circumstance years. of hardcore. Yeah. yeah. Like, let's draw a line at like 2001 or two because I seem That's to remember some... I seem, I seem to remember what's the... Not 25 to Life, Coming Correct. Coming Correct. Coming Correct shows with like strong intention in different bands around that 0102 branch still happening. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where my friends are at the show being silly and going, let's go out and betting each other to go off for one of the 15 covers they were playing. But then the pullback and going, oh, shit, we might end up on an album cover doing this. <laughs> right, like so, the Moshing the Crucified. Right, sure. and going, oh, shit, no yeah. way. So uh, Rick to Life, he was a joke in the 90s. He's been a joke, but it's just not one that's very funny. Yeah, let's leave it at that. Good right I'm good with that. Sure. Uh, okay, so, but in some ways, this is going to be a heavy episode all in. Yes. Because the topic for today is fun. Fun and games. Yeah. Except when it isn't. Because we are going to be talking about bands that have been written out of hardcore history. Now, that might sound totally weird to you until you think about it. And then you're going to say, oh yeah, what happened to that band? Not... What happened to that band? Oh, yes, at one time they were popular and uh, are no longer. I mean, oh, yeah, at one time they were popular and you haven't... It seems almost like a concerted... Yeah, it seems like almost a concerted effort to Stalinize, to, to, right. to erase them from, from uh, the record. Uh, sometimes that's because a dude did something foul. And other times it's just because people all got up that one morning and said, what the fuck have we been into? Holy shit. Right, or sometimes it's just people that just get lost. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's just for no reason. Right. They were a great band then. They're a great band now. Yep. But for some reason, they just kind of the got world lost. Stop caring the at the same time. Yeah, tastes yeah. change, and sometimes it's some heavy shit that fucking torpedoes it. And we're gonna talk on some of that, but we're gonna be we're gonna have some more fun. This might turn into a recurring segment if you guys like it. So let's go with this. Um, Pat, you got one off the bat. I'm gonna go with good, clean, fun. Hey! Uh, Quick background on Good Clean Fun, right? Can we do this? So, Good Clean Fun, big and big and starts in 97, 98. The youth crew revival thing of the mid 90s is kind of hot. They fit that sound. But uh, like a ha ha, waka waka, we're funny. Right, and and like there was a long standing tradition of that kind of shit. You know, you go back to bands like Crucial Youth from New Jersey, Mm -hmm. you go to bands like Grudge from Orange County, California, you fast forward, there's some other silly kind of stuff. Uh, I'm not going to include Judd Judd. That shit was corny and a joke at the time. It wasn't funny. I know there's a recent article about that. Corny, not cool, not funny, never was interesting or relevant. Yeah, and it wasn't relevant. Good, clean, fun were popular in a way, in a space. So so the the secret of that late 90s straight edge shit is that 
1998, most of that, the, the, the banana went, went fucking rotten. And, you know, Floor Punch doesn't break up till 99, 2000, but they slowed down quite a bit. In My Eyes is around, and they're going, but 10-yard fight slowing down, fast break slowing down. Hands Tied doesn't really exist past 98 other than in Europe. And people who are into that world, which I absolutely was, are searching for something. And lo and behold comes this sort of funny band who's a little bit fast. And that's good, clean fun. Interesting. They're so outside of my purview, I literally have... Nothing to add for this conversation. Okay, I couldn't name you. Didn't play with them, never. Because you're a couple years older, and I was hoping to get. I mean, we were around at that time. They're a band that was like, oh yeah, like they write songs by the internet or like some bullshit that which is not. Which in 1998 is some fucking real forward thinking. Yeah, you know, but it's like so. I it was so off song. Okay, I just know that they were like some dudes hated the guy, the singer. Well, that came out later. So, so so the band was a parody band. The band uh, played... They were like the darkness for youth group bands. Yeah. That's not that bad. But, but that's old reference, but yeah. But, but yeah, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, so they were a parody of, a genre, of genres. So what they would do is they'd have one song that sounded... Uh, it was mostly youth group, yeah, but then yeah. they would... Reference. They do things no, like reference, they yeah. do things like in the middle of a song, like reference something like Earth Crisis, and then play an Earth Crisis esque riff. riff yeah. You know what I mean? So it was this okay. constant citation yes. of. So it was like scatterbrain for fucking stri- like. No, but it was like it was aimed at this weird audience that was probably whether it was intentional or not. They were catching a lot of younger people who were just getting shit. Like I'm 16. I like all the like. Stock classic hardcore because that's my lane of what I was sure. into, and a lot of people at that time, that's kind of what you were getting into. A lot of kids now are getting in more on the metalcore side, and I'm not saying people didn't at that time, but Good Clean Fun was aiming at that, like, oh, these are kids who like floor punch and ten yard fight, and maybe like Earth Crisis, but maybe just like the reference of it, and maybe don't get all this stuff. And so they were using this like fandom that was created and kind of referencing that in the t- content. Yes, right. and, and it were people in on the joke. Yes, because yes. it was so on the surface. It was so on the surface. The second right. record is uh, Path of Resistance. Who who shares wins? Who shares wins? And it's um, instead of did dudes, that hurt your heart a little bit? No, because here's he's, the thing. He's a I actually old I man. actually like Good Clean Fun. Weird. Okay. I like up until like those nah, first yeah. few seven inches. The first two. It's I, it's shopping for a crew and who shares wins. Uh, so right. so here's the deal: is quiet as it's kept. This was dudes who actually understood the genre better yes. than the people that were attempting to play it at that time. Right, you have to have such a good grasp on it to be able to do so, a So the dudes, almost, yeah. the dudes who, who were doing the band were probably in their late 20s. Right, so it was Mike Fight. Mike Fight, right. Issa, who's a singer who's kind of a, a divisive character. We'll get to that. But they came around and were doing something and pretty proficient at it. And it was silly, and everyone was in on the joke, but the older guys, yeah, we'll talk on that. That's how many people were in the yeah, band? and look at this. But, and, yeah. lo- and look at the pedigree. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So right, now we're, right it, yeah. now we're on Wikipedia, and we're looking up uh, the former members who pull from such a broad range of hardcore genres that wow. you can't, re- you really can't wrap your head around it. No, no. it's like, it's like all-stars, and when you really get into it, some of these dudes are still involved in doing stuff today. That's funny, because that's Murray. the same person, right? Oh, that's pretty great. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think this is the wild that, one. That's right. They, so, they had dudes yeah. who were in or went on to be in American Nightmare, Better Than a Thousand, 
Yafet Kodo, look back and laugh. Dudes who were in Kill the Man Explosion. Questions, Los Crudos. Like, literally, they were a national... The dude from Committed. Um, they were a national thing because dudes were in the band and, and rumor at the time was that Singer Dude was pretty unbearable to be around. Right. And Fight Records had a minute. Fight yeah, Records yeah, totally yeah, had a record yeah, and this was part of it. Yeah. And so these were records that were super desirable. These records were coming out and people couldn't fucking believe them. That's totally um, right. And, you know... Uh, People in my age range, and those of you who are listening, you know, you know, and I know you know, we were listening and we were kind of into it. Now, the thing was, it was a short, it was a short because window. How, how yeah. long can you be a parody band? It's not right. very long. You it was know? not There's very only so long. so much work yeah. to parody. And, and, it, and it quickly, the joke turned, and it turned quick. It was like, oh, shit. They made, so, a, they made a movie. I want you to understand right. that. They made a fucking... Like movie, movie. They did a Prince cover picture disc record. They did like a Wayans Brothers version of hardcore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That only works for that time period. While a band like Murphy's Law is funny, but their stuff from thirty years ago is still pretty funny. Yeah, exactly. So they and and they they really they hit basically at the perfect time when, like when I and and when I say hardcore was dark in nineteen ninety eight, it was dark nineteen ninety eight ninety nine. It was it was tough times. I think people who are around now know how good it is to whatever sub niche you're into. There's something for you. Um, at that time, you were scrapping up with whatever you could find, and Good Clean Fun hit at the exact time. Within four years, they were gone, gone. Well, gone, but, but still doing. But still doing it. Yes. So like, they could milk that stone, which Ooh, random, uh, which is going to. We're going to talk about another band that is a healthier version of this in that had a moment and continued way past the moment. Yes. You know what I mean? And, right. That's expiration. And, but this had a hard expiration date because you're right. This is like, this is hard like, the, expiration. this is the basketball scene in Scary Movie 2. Which, which is a parody of a Nike commercial that was on television for a total of six weeks. Right, around that movie. Right. And now it's kind of like, what the fuck? Now what it's is the scene? Yeah, right. So, right, or like the what's up thing in one of those movies. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what the fuck is that now? And that was a fucking cultural phenomenon. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Right. So uh, that's my contribution is good, clean, fun. Now, if you are going to check this band out, which would be a weird oh decision God. on your part... Uh, We're gonna make a really weird Spotify one for this. <laughs> yeah, actually, let's do that. Yeah. I'm am offended that this is tied into my account. That's it's, a, <laughs> it's gonna really fuck up your uh, my your, algorithms. Yeah. If I keep getting the shit on my top ten, I'm gonna be real pissed. No, if you stick to the early stuff, you might actually be surprised at how good it is at taking genre and because like we, kind of melting, like we've breaking ta- it we've down. Ta- yes, right. we, this is deconstructionist shit. Yeah. It's just like. Uh, not for today, and, and I think, and I mean, honestly, the production values are really solid for what it is. I'm pretty sure yeah, it was actually, recorded. I think it was recorded at Saladays. Okay, so these dudes right. are all tied in with that yeah, DC, yeah. primarily a DC band. Um, but but so they basically the band fucking fades off into the sunset for their popularity with a weird picture disc, um, Prince cover, and then a full length that comes out in like 2000 maybe. That uh, felt felt like a thousand years from when their seven inches come out. The um, no, on the street saving the scene from the forces of evil in two thousand on fight and reflections, 
and they continued releasing records, it looks like... Until 2007. Yeah, the Crouching Tiger Moshing Panda CD that was self-released. Um, if oh, anyone's the time. If anyone's heard that, uh, I, I dare you. But they were a band who you could go to shows up and down the, the, the rather pretentious Northeast um, in that time period and see people wearing good, clean, fun hoodies and shirts and this and that. And by 2000, 2001... The dude who was wearing the good, clean, fun shirt, it was like, oh, fuck, dude. You, like, come you, on, you're, you're, you're it, bro. Yeah. pose dog, as, as Pat's fond of saying. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and what's their 2007. lasting? Yeah. 2007. Yeah. Lasting memory of them, they, they really, honestly, you go and find some videos of their shows from that time period, and I bet you see some, some luminaries. You see a lot more people than you'd think. My, oh, for sure. And my only contribution as an insider is I was working at the print shop at EVR. Uh, the year that they got in the mail uh, between Christian Rock and A Hard Place, which is a good, clean, fun record that Equal Vision wasn't aware that the band was still active, and they just get in the mail this fucking record and are like, hey, we're done. You know what I mean? Like, oh, because they were on EVR. They were on EVR. That's how oh, fucking big. Shit. Last episode, we're talking about how big a deal it was that AN's getting signed to EVR, but Good Clean Fun was on EVR. Eventually gets signed to EVR because their shit was so hot. But this but this was years later. Later. They got and, signed to EVR in a weird and, move. And like, I remember weird. and I remember three, I remember three, working four, at the studio or working at the print, print shop, shop at the yeah. time, uh, having some contact with the label dudes and I said, "So are you gonna?" They said, "Yeah, we just got this in the fucking mail." Like a completed, and, like mastered yeah. record. Yes, yes, and I and I said, "So are you gonna? Uh, you're, you're not gonna put it out." And they said, "We looked at we looked at our spreadsheets from the last record. We're putting it out." <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> Holy shit! Because particularly because when you get a finished record and there's no production cost except for manufacturing, you're putting that fucking record out. Right, even if they sell a thousand of them, you're making it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I, I mean, I think if we went into numbers, if we looked at their books, they were still selling records. I don't I don't know what. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Moshing Panda sold, but no, but I bet I bet in two thousand six in Europe this fucking between Christian Rock and Our Place fucking did fine. Also, Punk News score four out of five. <laughs> Come on, Punk News, you better than that. You better than that. You better than the Gap, man. Not, you better sure than the are. Gap. Okay, who's next? I mean, I have what. I'm, I'm a little torn about this Put subject. It out there. Here's the deal. Just because I don't know where you're going, but just because something you know where I'm going. just because something has fallen off a fucking face of the earth doesn't mean it was bad. So if you're going to say, if you're going to name a friend's band that just doesn't ex- like we all have actively forgotten, let's just preface. Just because you have been Stalinized. Yeah. Does not mean that. I mean, Trotsky was Trotsky yeah. was the cooler dude, yes, and he got Stalinized. Sure. And, so and like, we're talking about written out of history, both in a positive and a negative. Good, clean, fun. We try to be pretty balanced on that. Mike, fight. Don't don't be mad. We we cool. You're you're doing good things, man. Is that this, true? I don't know. I don't know what he does. <laughs> uh, outer limits management. Oh no! Yeah. Sh- oh, that's right. That's, that's why right. that name looks that's familiar. Right. No, yes. Mike. That's right. He's been he's around doing forever. Good stuff, and he's yeah, and that's a dude. He made fucking Atlanta go in the early 90s. I think it's sure. him and a couple other dudes. Sure. But so, this isn't fucking throwing rocks at sure. you unless it is. And, and yeah. we'll get In that get case, you. take it how you want. Yeah. Okay. A band that I would like to bring up that may or may not be close to Bob's heart. For the love of. Oh, no love. Uh, okay. So, so Bob's a Jersey guy, but that's not his. No, that's quick, his quick thing because we'll talk about this on a, a band that's going to come up later. And it's hard to explain, but... Not really. In New Jersey, especially in the 90s, there was the more traditional hardcore world. And that was made up of 
uh, floor punch, ensign. Uh, you know, the, the, some of the yard fights him out. Well, like the well, not McMahon. Tim, Tim, no, because he wasn't really. You know, Hans Tide really only played New Jersey a handful of times. Sure. So, so, but Ensign and Floor Punch played regularly. The shows that Vision would play, the more straightforward hardcore scene, Morris County Youth Crew, Uprise, sure. um, and then that scene starts fading out by '97 ish, and you know, but there's that world. It's the more straightforward hardcore stuff, and then there's the more ignorant stuff, which is for the love of Fury of Five. When so I see people who crossbreed Fury of Five and Floor Punch now, I go, "That's really weird because that was never so the tw- diametrically opposite. Yeah. Never the tween shall meet at the time." And so, so that was two different worlds, two different lanes, and occasionally those. And there were small bands underneath all that that you know in their own separate buckets. And only occasionally I, I can think of like Jersey Fest, uh, the Matt Manville benefits, the mm-hmm. Matt, you know. Um, those things would meet and kind of be this fused thing. But otherwise, you could exist in World A and not know a damn thing about World B. Right. You could play Stone Pony in front of hundreds and hundreds of kids while Four Punch is playing somewhere else down right. the street. Yeah, And play in front of hundreds and hundreds of kids. Yeah, and they yeah, don't yeah. know that the other show's the, happening. Right. Um, I thought their records were great. That, for the love of. For the love of. Like that first, that demo I thought was fantastic. Um they were a thing in Jersey, especially. They had like the whole thing with the anvil. And the anvil was, they cool. Open the anvil the anvil. was cool. So they had an anvil kind of sound, like a like a. An, Didn't that like come a, from one of the older bands too? Didn't uh, oh, I don't know? Maybe that came from one of the older bands. on stage though. They would hit yes. an anvil, right? So like on the demo, Physically, it has like hit an right anvil. with a hammer, sparks. The lights would be completely dark. You know, and, and our buddy Ken's uh, from the shore can tell this story, but yeah. but they would take that goddamn anvil and like, oh, we're playing this weird space, and then we have to climb, yeah, upstairs, carry the anvil up fucking two flights of stairs, put yeah. it down so we can. I might, hit it. I might steal this gimmick. It's I actually, fucking cool. I actually really like it. It's Sparks that. flying everywhere. It kind of goes like it was like kind of yeah. the intro to the music yeah. starting, and people would mosh during it. Oh yeah, so and it's funny. So yeah, I mean, people have moshed and fucking. So you have, I I think it's between the anvil and the conch shell. Oh yeah, those two. The conch shell is pretty fucking. Yeah, yeah. The Sonny is kind of like (laughs) that's his deal now. It is. What's that? Sonny does that now. He conscious. He conscious for them when he sees that. Yeah. Oh, that's Sonny saying it's pretty cool. So anyway, so um, yeah. So they did like they had the anvil. A few times they like they built like crosses and like destroyed crosses that they were playing and all that sort of stuff. Um, they played Nate Fest and they did the Anvil and it was, it felt very Spinal Tap because it was like a smaller Anvil. Fuck. Oh wait, wait, wait! Quick thing. So, yeah. So the guy hitting the Anvil on stage felt like something out of Spinal Tap. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, oh, this isn't nearly as cool as I remembered it. <laughs> Could they not find a bigger Anvil? Maybe they're older. They want to pull oh, back a little out. Struggling, oh, like you know, let no. me get the small one. Yeah. Right. So it was like a different singer. It was Mike from Endeavor. That's singing right. for them. Who I think Endeavor is an incredible. That's another band that can handle. But, but they never they they were small at the time, but got totally forgotten. A fucking brilliant. I, they're not band. they're not written out of hardcore history. They just weren't. In there. You and I could vibe on this for a long Dude, time. I Kill traders. I, constructive semantics. Constructive con- semantics. All right, so quick. Constructive quick semantics by Endeavor for the. We'll put that on the. Yeah. Yes. We'll list. On the I think that is one of the best hardcore records of its era. So yes. Explain what they sound like because you need to explain for love. Explain Endeavor first. Okay, so Endeavor was playing '90s hardcore music, but it it, it felt to me. And when I say 90s hardcore music, I mean... Uh, like what you consider 90s hardcore now. Yes, correct. Like, they were the correct. early purveyors. Of it, yes. But to me, it was... I used the word immediate last podcast. Yeah. This was very immediate 
90s hardcore. So if like if you're listening to if you let's just use a baseline of Earth Crisis. I love Earth Crisis, but there is nothing immediate about the discipline. You know no. what I mean? That is a plodding yes. 90s song. Endeavor is on the other end of that spectrum where they're still metal influenced vaguely, sure, but, uh, yeah. or at least in that respect of the crunch, right? Sure. Uh, but it is moving at a really fast clip yes. for the for the genre. Not fast for fucking thrash, but, but for that style, absolutely. And, and it constructive semantics actually, in a strange way, might have influenced me more than the stuff that was big. More popular. Yeah. So I, I yeah, Endeavor's not totally my my thing. Sure. But they definitely of '90s stuff. Um, they really had more strain to it. There was a lot. Pat used the word immediate. That's a good hit with it. It felt more powerful than a lot of the other stuff. And it didn't plod quite as much as a lot of the other sure. stuff. Sure. And the lyrics are brilliant. It was yeah. like almost like crusty political lyrics over fast yes. like metalcore. I I, I, I yeah. continue to listen to uh uh Burnt by the Sun just because hoping just because it's yeah. Mike. And you know that his voice mean? is just it's yeah. fu- and so he has a a nineties hardcore voice that might it, it's so. Um, I feel like he's not affected. It's like that's what he would yell at if he dropped something on his foot. Oh, let's see, you, I'm going a different direction with that. Pardon me while I eat this delicious Tic Tac. Um, I was just noticing I was being very loud with it. Yeah. So the uh, it's a '90s hardcore voice. When I would always say that's my one of my favorites, people uh-huh. would say it's just kind of standard issue. But I say it's only standard issue because that's it, it became was, a template. It became a template. Sure, absolutely. and I don't know if people would. Would pop I don't think with that. No. But, hit that with that. No. but but that's how it fucking was. It is. It's a it's a great hardcore voice. Absolutely. All right. So go back to for the love. Of yeah. Because I also I have haven't, really embarrassing for the love. Of I haven't that heard I them in definitely twenty years, probably longer. Okay. So Not as immediate as indefinite. No, but sort of kind of like an unbroken vibe. Okay. Like at the time, they're like, "Wow, this is fucking metal." Yeah. If you put this on now, they'd be like more. You know, they'd be playing no. like a. Like a regular hardcore fest and not a metalcore fest. Right. right. But at the time, it was like, this sounds like Slayer. You, you know what, you know? though? Unbroken, but metal, I think is a good description. I feel like that's like kind of a a pretty good like kind of overview yeah, of what they sound like, like. Yeah, and not metal in the mean season way, but... God, mean season. We could talk about that, too. Yeah. Right, all right. Do you want my embarrassing funny... Yes, oh, absolutely. All right, so totally. people know me, I've told the story. So... It's like 1996 or whatever. I get the demo. I'm trying to get uh, Wreckage to sign them, right? So we have Wreckage, up, uh, and more relevant than oh you God. realize yeah. record label from the mid Someone was asking me, like, like, what other bands are on your label? I'm like, Mind of Matter, Madball. Like, there's a lot of, you know. Yeah. So um, I meet the guy. We, we end up playing a show. Indecision plays a show at CB's with Candiria and Breakdown. Random. This guy, the singer, is there, right? So we're talking. I'm like, dude, I love the demo. I would, we should do something, you know, all of us. And he's like, oh, we should do an indecision for the love of Candiria tour. I'm like, oh, I'd be into that. I was like, God, what, what an era. It's so weird. But it would have been Candiria. I mean, oh, no, it would have been great at the time. Yeah. So I was just like, you know what, though? Why the hell did you guys kick your singer out? He was such an awesome part of that demo. And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I'm the singer. I'm like, you're the guy in the demo? He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, we, you know what? I don't know where I heard this from, but I heard you got kicked out. I'm glad it's not true. Oh, no. Two days later, he yeah, got kicked out of the dropping. fucking band. And I don't know how. Someone must have told me earlier, yeah, and I broke it to the guy. It, it, it's yeah. like when you were getting kicked out of Most Precious Blood. Yes. and Justin, I wasn't going to say it. And Justin asked me, out of nowhere, 
what do, what do you think of uh, Rob Fusco? Uh, you know what I mean? What uh, was your fucking answer? <laughs> I said great front person. I said I said I said really good fucking uh, a very electric front person. He's gonna <laughs> take this bitch into a nose dive. <laughs> axe, axe to grind. Uh, I have nice a total to axe to grind. Guys. Yeah, um, but. Alright, so For the Love of... Oh wait, were we still on For the Love of? No, but I think they were a great band that I think the kids that love 90s hardcore, like the younger folks, that don't talk about it, but I think if they they kind of checked it out, they'd probably be really into it. And, And the one thing I'll say is I don't think they were big... big band. They definitely had a moment in New Jersey. Like, sure. you would see For the Love of stickers... All the time, right. definitely had a really. I mean, big they're like you know at their peak, probably drawing six, seven hundred people. Is that real? Yeah, they're like Middlesex yeah. and stuff. Really, dude? Yeah, they did. Because now, a- I mean, here's the deal. It's like one of those local things. You see it a lot in California. New Jersey gets it. That band, yeah. the Banner. In the early 2000s. Oh yeah, that's a great. Well, we we, that's let's segue right into well, that. Well, Hundreds, I mean, I'm not, yeah, but they were drawing yeah. six to seven hundred people. But then they go play Maryland, and they're you know playing to thirty people. Right. 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 I, I don't have the idea of like for the love of outside. So of for the our love of outside of yeah, yeah, outside of our area, I don't think played. I I don't, I don't think, know if they toured. I don't know if they got to Albany. No, I don't think they did. And and I don't know if they have actually. because of when I got into stuff and the stuff I kind of got into. I knew them because there was two girls at my high school who liked that kind of stuff and, you know, were right. more into that shit. But I did not vibe on it. I don't think it made it out. But given the the tone of what people are into now, you should check that out. It's dark. It's heavy. Right. It's moshy. And I think it's forgotten. Cool. I think it was kind of washed away pretty quick. I don't think they were... Like, Good Clean Fun had a moment. I don't know if For the Love of had a moment outside of locally. But locally, there's no denying they had a moment. Sure. Right. Let's please. We had no intention of. I don't think this was on any of our lists. Sure. Just do the banner real quick. Okay. You're a New Jersey guy. I'm a New Jersey guy. It seems like you would have an axe to grind because they're in such a different fucking oh. space. No. But you tell me. Okay. No. No axe to grind. Um. I moved out of New Jersey in 2003, so this is just as the banner. The banner were a band before this, and had been doing things. Uh, the singer Joey Southside, very nice guy. Absolutely. Um. Actually drew the logo for my friend's band, Get Real, and was tight with all those guys. He did the fish? He did the fish. That's now So a lot of you guys have tattoos tattooed. of that. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, tattooed on 55 or 60 people. Holy and shit. And that's not counting the was 30. That, was that forced? No, that's that's by choice, which is the outrageous part because the guys in the band are like, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's not counting the Blind Justice fish tattoos that's a... BR. Instead BJ. Of BJ instead of GR. Got it. Which... Also has somewhere in the ten to twenty wow. people tattoos of a ripoff logo. It's great. So the banner, um, you guys will have to describe the sound. They were first X, ba- X, X, X the Bruce Banner, Banner X. X Bruce Banner. And what? They were Bruce Banner first. And I believe is that they true. Yes, hundred percent. Joey was a big comic. He used guy. to come out with X up Hulk hands. Yes. What are you saying? And right I now? believe there might have been some uh, band mate sharing with. Um, all X Hell and yes. another band who recorded their demo with drums that were literally recorded on a table like this. <laughs> like that, were Pretty the good. drum tracks. Pretty good. Sounds on good. a table, and um, I don't remember the name of that fucking joke band. But anyways, uh, the banner started kind of silly, not really serious, but then realized, hey, maybe we have something here. Um, definitely vibed on some of the more ignorant New Jersey shit. Um, probably one of the progenitors of like, oh, well, yeah, we, we kind of like real hardcore, um, but we also like 
this more like ignorant bullshit too. Mixed and, with goth. Well, eventually mixed later. with goth. That's eventually mixed with goth. But by I think it's like 2004 because I'm in California and hearing stories from New Jersey and like my brain is going upside down. But they're getting bigger and bigger, playing like Hellfest and like getting playing reactions, getting like, reactions. Yeah. And gets to the point where they're playing this club, Club Chrome, which was formerly <laughs> Club Benet. Yep. Um, and so I can give some perspective on this. I think I saw Burn play there, one of the reunions, to like 70 or 80 people. I saw Leeway play there in like 2001 or two. When you couldn't see Leeway, they didn't play a lot. Right, so this to, is a thing. Yeah, yeah, to like 40 people. And yeah. the banner is pulling 600 people there. It can't Easy. be 600. I, 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 I just believe in memories. I wasn't there, and these are accounts from other people. But they're like, oh, do you remember that Ignite Reach the Sky show? We were at double that attendance. And that's like a 300 cap. They're like, fill in the place. This is a place that AN and Poison the Well are headlining. Yeah. And the banner was able to go and headline there. And they played a lot of those kind of shows too, um, opening for a lot of the Trust Kill stuff. Eventually, to the point where they were just overshadowing all that shit. Yeah. So, you know, like the only band that was bigger at the time was was, was shit like Census Fail or something in that realm. But yeah. the banner Kill, were more yeah. to the hardcore mm-hmm. lean of that shit. But had kind of ends with those bands. So they play with like My Chemical Romance. They yep. play with these bands because they all kind of grew up together. Yes. The funny thing is, their records, like their waiter records, are actually so much different and if so like if you knew the banner as like the jokey straight edge band you'd be like i'm never gonna check this out if you actually listen to it you'd fucking love it they have a record called frailty yeah to 2008 which i think is past if i had to guess yes. i think that's already past their sell yes. but the record but is so good Really? Okay, dude. Not. I think I thought Tom cheesy. was holding back on saying that because I was he was afraid that I was going to be a real dick about it. But but I yeah. No I, no. I mean me. I think like it's a a record that they not my world. I you know what though I bet you if you listen to it on the way home pull it up on Spotify check it out you might be surprised. Did they go for like a dark like ooh we're dark yeah and that's what's like that's a tough but I, like in a dark and like an old pigs must die kind of way. I see, but that's tough for me. There's too. no like dumbosh. It's but, fucking. Yeah, see, his voice is sick. Listen, the artwork is great. The lyrics y- are good. You're open to that. Bob is closed to that. And you're my, like, my door is only open a crack. You know, what you're I'm like, not you're even close. the bright side record. Like I'm, with the head pointing at <laughs> the yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll give myself the door cracked out of respect for Tom, um, and I'll listen. To you might be shocked. That. I might be We're shocked. All and if new I am, things. Yo, they I put out I'm going to make you metalcore shed by the time. Wow, they get you into shit. They put out a record in 2014. Which record was that? Grain on Good Fight. Yes. Holy fuck! Where bands go to die. I mean, we played with them at Starland Ballroom, and they did very well. So, quick thing: uh, the band. A weird, funny side note is they have a shirt that is pretty funny. It's it says like "Kill All Rapists," mm-hmm. and it's got some dude pedophiles. Playing, kill all rapists and pedophiles, right? Right, and, it's like a skinhead holding like the the yeah. justice. Yeah, I mean, it's so, like yeah. a rapist and a pedophile. Yeah. And um, I don't know what band. It's some some bigger metalcore-ish band or pop punkish band but some true garbage um wore a patch of it on the back of his jacket and that hit tumblr ah. when tumblr was fire and they sold hundreds upon hundreds of those shirts on their online store i would so. just retire after that i'd be yeah. like i'd be like the pretty band served its purpose Fuck. pretty wild so pretty wild uh any idea why they disappeared why they've been written out? Because they've been written out. No, because they, they touring. They, they were they they never hit success in a touring way the way they did locally in New Jersey, and 
they got older, and I don't think they got written out as much as they weren't there, and I don't think their records had a lasting appeal, but their live shows were really big at the time, and, you know, Tom is speaking highly of their records, but I don't, I, who put the records out? Ferret. Yeah, Ferret, Ferret right. and then Good Fight. Same and thing. Ferret in a late era, and then Good Fight, you know, it's, I, I don't think, I don't think they had the space to be acknowledged um, in the way that maybe if this if this band existed now, they might have more room to breathe. I don't know. I think and it might be a, they might have gone a different route, and it wouldn't have been pigeonholed as this moshcore band. That's right. When they had, if they would have come out with Frailty three years ago, I don't know. Do you remember this when Dark Shit became like reached reached super saturation, and we just got all sick of Dark like, Shit at the same time? Yeah, like everyone bought an Entombed record. And uh, wrote that like and, everybody yeah. wanted to. Like there was like. So when we talk about holy terror bands, well, th- it's possible that some people don't even know what we're talking and about. And I'm pretty sure the banner was a holy terror band. Yeah, I think they like were legitimately. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but they got the contract that get emailed out. Yeah, we know about that. There's a PDF contract no, that you not. sign. Yeah, I seen it. So to be part of a, the holy terror. That's all. We'll talk about this up. Twid, <laughs> Twid, get at us. We want Twid Hellion. Wow, Dom Romeo. If you want to get at us, we can do that too. So, so here's the deal. Uh, those holy terror. Which again might be not a thing that's even on some people's radar at all, sure. like at memory radar, uh, was unavoidable for about two years. You know what I mean? Three, four, maybe. And and, sure. and there was so much of that shit. And when I say so much, it's like when people talk about like Krishna Core and like they're like, oh yeah, just it, you know. It, it, it was shelter in one hundred eight, but then if you want to dig, it's oh, like refuse to fall and yeah. prima. And, right. But but, but but never yeah. but never that much. No. You know what I mean? Right. It's just in our memory. In my memory, I felt like I couldn't fucking you go couldn't, to a no. basement show on the east eastern seaboard without going to some fucking terrible holy terrors thing. So I will go to this because the original topic and and Pat, I got an axe to grind with Pat on this. Boom. He took our content and twisted it poorly. Oh, fuck, all right. He butchered it. No, but but you you actually simplified it in a good way. My original question, which was. What bands have been rewritten? Their history has been rewritten, which means they're either written out of hardcore or lionized or right. or, or made bigger, or it's just skewed in such a way that people's image of them is so different. And one of the things that really prompted me to that was in our first episode talking with Seb, who's going to be back on soon, um, and him commenting that, oh, you know, E Town in New Jersey in 1996 or 97, that must have been huge. And being like, no, saw them with, you know, I was in, I nobody think- there. And then it'd be like, oh, but, you know, but then like a band like Madball, yeah, Madball played the same show. And they went up through their ups and downs. And they weren't always on the biggest mountain. Career, you know, career band. I mean, totally. some days That's are the small. Thing. Some days are small. So that was the, the original. And one of the biggest, biggest uh, offenders or, or bands I'd place in this, and this isn't, this is no uh, guilt or shame in this. Integrity. Now, they've come up and down and up and down, and I think they're actually in a pretty nice spot right now. But their down was non-existent. Their down was non-existent? Right. Like, like and they, then they like came they back and like, no, like, no, it's cool, man. Like, Integrity cool. 2000 didn't happen. Closure. Don't know what you're No, now we're writing songs about wearing... We got these two brothers. Remember we had brothers in the band yeah, before? These, these brothers are doing really good, They're not the too. same ones, but yeah. So... The, and that new record, though, I feel like hit a whole new audience. And it kind did. Of like it really did. Hit top ten rec- like. Cover. And they kind of yeah. hit this different place and because their audience got older. And I think because they're doing some cool shit. But, yeah. but there was a time with Integrity, they weren't canon for every hardcore kid. No. Now, I remember, and they're, you know, you want to talk metalcore shit. 
that's that is for me like that's about it. And I, you know, it certainly is tough to call them metalcore, but I mean, but at the time they were absolutely now it's like yeah, it's, it's like judge. We'll talk about metalcore in a yeah. way, a tasteful way, at some point. But the first integrity <laughs> that's, that's in contrast right. to sin, fear tomorrow. Human is the devil to me. Systems that shit. Yeah. I, I I stop. I stop because I, I didn't love Systems Overload, and I've listened right. to it since and gone, "Oh, okay, I get this now." But sure. when I was young, it was those records. I'm like, "Holy yeah. shit!" And they were, they were a myth in the '90s until they killed the myth. Right. And they killed the myth with right. Tag 2K yeah. and Closure and a few weird. I think they played Cleveland in '99 or 2000, and Dwid had a boa, and and it was like yeah. some people, real like people, fuck that people, shit. People, okay. So here's a funny thing. Does anybody recall the white contact lenses? I was just no. gonna say that I we drove up specifically to see them at the QE2 because they weren't allowed to come to New York City. Yes. Yeah. Or the surrounding area. We, we can get a, we can get into it. Yeah, I don't know if we want to. Um, well, so we drove up there. Like we had a show in like New Paltz or something. So we went up the night before to be able to be able to get to see Integrity finally. And I guess like Justin and I like approached him, and he like turned to me and he had these white contacts in, <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, man, you know, you guys are great." So, so, and he, he had a friend that worked on like. The X Files or something, and got him these so per- fucked up weird for contacts. perspective, people. Right. If you are nineteen, that sounds lit to you. Right now, in, in two thousand eighteen, sure. that sounds like like. Of course, he had white contact lenses. Yeah, like, so he's sick, fucking dude. Right. Oh, right, 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 right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. All my favorite SoundCloud rappers they all have, wear uh, white contacts. Yeah. But what's the problem? But bro? I should tell you that at the time, nothing could be lamer. Yes. On planet Earth, right? I was like, "This nothing. is so fucking corny." Yeah, no judgments but, now. I'm not no, listening. I'm, no, I'm, I'm out yeah. of it. I'm out of it. But do your white contact. But all day. in 1996, when I saw it, I was fucking like, "Fucking corny." The fuck? And did you see you, them there? No, okay, I, I actually is that the show, the famous show where they pushed a girl off the stage? No, that's earlier. That's earlier. Yeah, yeah. this I don't think so. This kind of went off without a hitch. Okay, but now, mind you, you're talking about the video where they push a girl off the stage. So, so uh, some background on integrity. Integrity before the internet era, yeah. uh, you got gossiped about in zines, yeah. and and things spread through word of mouth in a way that you had even less control over now than you do now. Because now, you, if you there's video, you're not making a statement. And, yeah. and yeah. more than anything, Integrity was a band who got talked about much much more than others because they had very public feuds with Fame. Tony Brummel, right. Victory. They had some really wild York, stuff. A lot of New, All York, New York, stuff. York Right. They were kind of notorious for canceling shows, even though that only happened a handful of times. That's but all it has to happen. I, I was talking to somebody about it on the phone today, and because I was like, you know, I, I will probably talk about integrity. This dude acts to grinds 24 hours a day. That's, what <laughs> that's, that's yeah. what's up. Yeah. I respect uh, Wake up, grind up. Send us some money, please. <laughs> um, no, so... Uh, we're crowded around like, one microphone right yeah. now. So integrity... I didn't see them till a Posse Numbers 2003, which is when To Die For comes out. But I, which they, they're like Mia culpa, like, hey, we're back, still down. We're good. Yes. Yeah, we're cool. Yes. We're cool again. Remember? And I think a lot of credit should be given to Death Wish for really. Oh no fix, question. They they, they took they, them, fixed their they pulled integrity off the fucking scrap heap, and what Jake did for their aesthetic and their image huh? and Death Wish Trey, uh, as a label, really just did great. Now the Jockham brothers. Who wrote that record? I believe they were dudes from like My Luck. 
No. Uh, yeah, from some, Bama, some Texas. from no, no, no. Miles oh, from Cleveland. Oh, okay. and then oh, right. a couple okay. dude moves, but but that whole crew. There was a crew of dudes from Cleveland who were really into hardcore and big respect to all those dudes. Ed Mishik, uh Cliff Shoemaker, a bunch of dudes. You guys are fucking capital. But the Mishiks write a great record. Now before that. I love the early material, and I, I got turned on to. I got a weird vinyl copy of uh, for those who still fear, fear tomorrow, the yeah. Toy Box Records version, some Bobo shit. But I listened to that record, and I was like, "Oh, because I sought out. I like metal shit. I liked Metallica. I listened to Dirt Stash metal radio before I got and into this hardcore. Is dirt Stash Jace. Oh. Well, and it was I it was what I was looking for because I talk about I talk about that I I tried I listened to different metal coreish stuff and didn't right. like a lot but I heard Integrity I was like ah okay I like this it's dark it's dirty right do you think like, part of their myth is since they didn't play that often but like if you look at the back of say like humanity is, is the devil yep. they're all jumping they all look fucking awesome and it was the it's way like if the they look crew, awesome yeah. they're youth crew dudes but in the metal they're youth crew dudes but also into Japanese hardcore yeah. and that old punk like, and talking fuck? about like Poison Kiso. Idea like, yeah. talking about Poison Idea when no fucking buddy was talking about Poison Idea and so they the had this myth, month. right? And, yeah. and more so, they couldn't play a lot of places. They play. Yeah. So I asked a dude who was older. I'm like, when did you see him? He's like, well, I saw him at the Middlesex show in New Jersey, which was a big deal, yep. '93, mm-hmm. maybe '94. Um, saw him in uh, Connecticut at the Tune-In. Maybe saw him at some show in like Western Mass. Um, but they really they didn't play New York. Had problems with uh, New York City people. Mm-hmm. That meant they also, at a certain point, could not play New Jersey. Um, they would yeah. play weird places in in PA, but even those were scattered and often they would cancel. So their mythology, they were not canon, important, relevant in the late 90s. They were a myth. And some of their old records I think depending myth. on and, who, though. And I think that I their late like records... Like, like dudes you, like us, they were fucking cat. But in Tag 2K and Closure, put a fucking... Like, like stake in their like, heart, yeah, yeah it's, it's garbage, right? And I yeah. still love those early records, and but they were just like, oh, they've been garbage, yeah. and I'm not going to see them. Yeah, which actually, I'm looking at their discography right now, and the distance between those records, the frequency of those records, is such that Integ 2000 shouldn't have been the bullet in their head that yes. it was, yes, but it fucking was, right. yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I had a record called like Hook. Hooked lung. That's, that's yeah, cunt. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. That's that, that's early. Actually, it's, it's a comp. A, it's a, like, yeah, it's like a weird. Right. weird yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, a picture disc. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I don't see it around ever. It must have. No. Was, was it was a like, lost and found. Lost yeah, and yeah. found. Yeah, lost okay. and found. That's something we can yeah, fucking tell. No, there's no getting a kid to understand that. So anyway, and how uh, important it was. Hugely important. So, integrity to me was always. I always associated them with white contact lenses. And right. I always thought they were corny. And what I thought was a wild, wild uh, uh, image, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like a, just a makeover, whatever the fuck you call it, um, is kids who have less than no interest in metalcore. Kids that think metalcore is stupid and goofy. Right. Mm-hmm. Who are, say, 25 now, 26, 26. Sure. Think integrity is legitimately cool. They get a pass for they whatever reason by that crowd, and I yeah. think that is so wild because it's so on the wild, face they of aspired it, for yes, yeah. like these were Cleveland idiots who wanted to be metal dudes. Right. You know what I mean? They and, have a judge vibe if you really listen to their. Well, the early stuff they just rip on it and go a little, little more, more metal, metal yeah. a little bit, and they lean in and like that appealed to me. But I'll say that when you look at where they go, 
in their discography, they were toast. They were toast by the late 90s. And the other thing to remember that people forget, and we can talk about it, is that they were hurt because there was some other shit in the late 90s from Cleveland that got fake popular in One Life Crew and Pit Boss 2000. That I don't even know if there was any member sharing, but there was perceived and like extended and yo there were don't don't fucking forget this there were people who were really up on Pit Boss 2000 and One Life Crew and people still rep on some of that De- stuff definitely had the CD Which definitely one? Had Pit the, Boss definitely had the Pit Boss record. I never had, had some of the, had the 7 inches I mean so, so we were talking about Good Clean Fun earlier for people that don't yes. know Pit Boss Pit Please. Boss is the negative energy version of good clean fun where it's dudes who actually know how to write hardcore very well right. but are devoting that energy to shitting it's, on people yeah. to shitting people on people and being intentionally people. offensive in a way that was both actually offensive and comical <laughs> because it was so absurd and presented in this way, and it got worse as they progressed. I, and the dude became a stand-up comedian. Right. I, I, so I, I want sense. you. I want you to imagine people from Cleveland shitting on other people from Cleveland, and what that looks like. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. wh- like, so, like, it's one <laughs> Who where the fuck still uses a payphone. It's yeah. w- it's one warehouse worker taking a shot at another, another warehouse worker for working at a warehouse. Right. Do you, do you, do you, do you understand what I mean? So, so it's ridiculous, and. It will come if we can find that and put that on a playlist. That's gonna blow a um, fucking young dude's mind when they're like, "Wait, no. people talked about women like this, and no, you're gonna have to, oh and you're gonna have to, and you're gonna have to explain." Making fun of like ski and this guy and this woman. When people hear like "laid to rest" or some like very intentionally ignorant shit right now, like you got nothing on Pitbull. No, because that's uh, "laid to rest" is ignorant in the respect that like sonically yes. we associate that with ignorant. Like ignorant things are happening at the show. Right. People are beating. This was a full uh, like an affront to people. Like, but it was funny, so kind of. So, but like ignorant, like the. Sh- Let me say this. Let me ignorant, look up some ignorant, Pit Boss 2000. Ignorant, like, please, ignorant of the type that you Just can't like that, that you can't get away with now. Yeah. So oh, it was no. like almost like anal cunt for hardcore. Yes, oh, exactly absolutely. right. Absolutely. Exactly. And, right. and it wasn't clear how much was serious or not. And there was certainly some tongue in cheek nature to it. Oh, but, I think I but, think 99%. So, it's just that it's still even then, which was a yes. long time ago. Yes. It was not the way. So, so when, Chubby Fresh, he was on in One Life either. Crew. Yeah. Okay. So he Chubby was Fresh was in Tiger yes, he was. He's yes. in One Life Crew. One Life Crew puts out a record on Victory that many of the ignorant mosh mentality um, we'll just we'll just say yo no this is this record is fucking real the oh, first the, oh no uh, record, yes right? there's people that honestly think that they are a great hard great band. who one uh, life oh, come on listen there's people that think listen to confront I think if you listen to the one life crew record on a musical basis you might go oh fuck that first one, that the they first show and stuff. Uh, I saw crime, I, crime, crime, crime ridden society. Yeah. It, uh, people stand by it. I saw them in twenty. Oh Jesus! You can't, you can't even talk yeah. about that. That's in just, London. Uh, it's not, dude. No, it's not. Holy no, no, fuck. no, 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 no. Anything, they got pulled in to a fest. They were headlining one night. The second night, I think it was rotting out and they had to cancel. Jesus. So they were like, "Oh, we'll play twice." Oh my god! And it was. Horrendous. How did it go? So, so everybody this, plays cleared out. Oh. They played after Knuckle Dust, who was like the London. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's two things. Integrity's history has been rewritten. There was a resurgence of interest in them. 
first at To Die For. Yeah. Where, to Die For was huge for them. And it's a good record. And it's, it's I, a very I don't know record. if they made it to California before To Die For. I actually asked this. We found that they did play Seattle sometime in the early 90s. So part of me, yeah, part of me thinks that they had to have made California. But then To Die For comes out. It does really well for them. But here's a quick one. They play Posse Numbers 2003. Softball pitch to their audience. Everybody beforehand was talking about the key they headline integrity. They play, they did headline. They actually headlined over Slapshot, and it was the first time Slapshot played one of these bigger, you know, straightforward hardcore festivals. And um, I left the festival sad that I saw both. Integrity put on a better show than Slapshot because during Slapshot, Choke was doing happy spins, mm. and it made me sad because I like, was so excited for Slapshot. Just bring um, out the goddamn hockey stick and yeah. be an asshole. Yeah, or yeah. just just look mad, not happy. Sure. And um, then Integ plays, and uh, they play um, Vocal Test and then Misha. The room explodes. It's got to. It. Yeah, I mean. And then they go into their third most popular song, and everyone's like, oh. And they have a couple moments, but if we're using the advanced analytics of Hardcore 2018... Active participants were slim to none. Yeah. A lot of people standing there looking, and, you know, you use this, talking about Iron Age a little bit, the, like, poser magnet, where it's, like, everybody talking about, oh, I love integrity, I love integrity. People just stood and watched. Because they mean, don't, you know, it's more stand and watch music for right. a lot of it, you know? Ringworms like that a lot. Right? R- ringworms. Ringworm. Uh, ringworms, one that their history, yo, no one cared. Record's great, demo's great. They yep. didn't. They didn't. They weren't relevant. Death Wish is another one. They saved that band. Right. It, it was a thing that Ringworm was an amazing band to be around as long as they. I I put Ringworm right up there with Self Defense Family as bands that have continued to play despite the fact that it took generations to catch okay. on. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I, did they ever catch on? Ringworm. Ringworm, as point. I understand, does better business as a metal band currently yes. than they ever did they as a hardcore, hardcore band. band. No, they do good business, but still, when you go see them, it's a lot of standing. Oh no, people for sure. waiting oh. for justice replaced by revenge when they come off. But but I mean that's just you know. And that's the nature. So, anyways, integrity. This whole long fucking thing. They have that little bump to die for. They do a couple records. Then the holy terror thing really kicks off. 2005, 6, 7, whatever. Was that and really a thing? It, it, it yeah. Okay, so when I say huge, I don't actually mean huge. I just mean unavoidable. Yes. You, you know really? what I mean? Like, so they just kind of brought bands brought into, bands the, into the fold and it kind of helped push it. And they kind of had a thing that is continued now. But they were not what they are now. And they were not perceived in the way they are now. So they've been, they haven't been written out. They've been written in more. But mostly, and I don't say this as a negative because I think some of their material is absolutely canon no matter what little fucking line you cross into they were rewritten I will say they are rewritten here's what I'm going to say about integrity forever they were maybe and I know we just said pit boss but I don't count that I, I, I think maybe they are the last important quote unquote provocative band they are a band mm-hmm. that when... Like, actually provocative. Actually yeah. provocative. Like, they were fucking, right, like, plugged in with serial killers, and they were fucking, like... It, right. It like, wasn't, like, hey, I'm spooky. It was, like, a legit yeah. fucking, you dudes are nuts. When this shit happened, and they pushed the, pushed the woman off the stage, uh, in interviews, mm-hmm. they would say, yeah, we kicked her off. 
physically, like I booted her off the right, stage. Yeah. They knew that wasn't true. You know what I mean? Yes. But they, but they wanted to add it. To but the, they, it yeah. added to they, the mythos. They realized their mythos was making them bigger than they were. Yes. And right. they really, they leaned in on it, and they used their imagery. And you know, I think, and they were for better and worse to do that. Like for that, better and worse. Yeah. They were one of the first to do it, and has pervaded. And you know, that's kind of hits hardcore where it is as a subculture. We have our own mythologies, and integrity was a pretty fucking big sure. one. Correct. And and I think that that whole like holy terror might strike me as totally tacky, but like that, I. I miss this shit. I wish that there was more things that were like, yes, our songs are like, we reference serial killer shit in a way that is only slightly against it. You know, you know right, what I mean? Like, like, like Charles Manson's kind that, of that kind of references a, a, an understanding of the mentality. Yes, kind of thing. like I, I, this is school shooter music before school shooters were a thing, and I like that that exists. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, their tour post. I have a tour poster. Of theirs, they did a tour of Fury Five yes. in Europe, and yeah, of course in Europe, yeah, and it's literally Charles Manson. Their yeah. logo looks really fucking white power. Yeah, you know what I mean? No, the, uh, the, the fucking holy terror, the holy thing. terror, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 folks. Yeah. It's very Swazi adjacent, now, right? So and, like yeah. that shit to me, I like yo. I uh, wonder how they where they fly in 2018. Oh, they, they get a you know total I mean? pass. Total pass. I, I, Think I, about that. Is that cool? Is it not cool? Like that they get saying? a pass? I mean, I'm I'm asking the audience. Like, is it cool? Is it not? Is it, I mean, a lot of bands. Is it grand sketchy shit on there? Like, no, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. That band, what is it? Take that metal band? Yeah. yeah. Just got their tour canceled because yep. the guy wore a swastika in like. 2010 mm-hmm. as a pure provocation nobody has right. ever thought he's an actual fucking Nazi, Nazi. Right. and I don't even I mean even in the 2018 parlance of like I don't know I heard he's on 4chan not right. even <laughs> not, not even like that he's like just provocative. he's decidedly not a Nazi and they got their shit fucking I mean granted it was probably a total of 11 people but those 11 people wrote the venues and, and said canceled and canceled their motherfucking show yeah. and like so could you be provocative fucking band in 2018? No, that's going to have to wait till 2020. I think we're coming back around. But the the yeah. the the last four years, if integrity went full integrity, it would have been tough. But I think they got a pass. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station. It was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah! The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. 
So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. All right. Who's next? Oh, all right. There's so many. Um, let's do one that we did talk about that I think is interesting and it's a little more, uh, little more modern. And one that I think all three of us can actually speak on a bit. Um, the Mongoloids. Fuck. Okay. Let me, let, let me throw the hot takes out. One of the best front, one of the best front men of his era. Absolutely. One of the best front people of the last ten years. years. And I don't know if anybody I don't know like, you know how hardcore is always looking backwards, always mining shit from fucking whatever. I don't know if they'll ever be mined. Because like it's just not a thing that people think is cool. And I just think that if they had been there now I wasn't a Mongo head, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But Sure, but but they were also mining sheer terror. No, without a doubt, but yeah. but I'm saying like it, sheer terror. Listen, I like sheer terror, oh, but Greg was doing a youthful jumping Paul Bear that never existed. Never that before. never existed. Yeah, Paul was never coming around. <laughs> so, so I thought that they sucked and were awesome at sucking. I thought that they were like not a good band, but in, yeah. incredibly good at being not a good band. And I know that sounds like the most dismissive thing that anybody's ever said. It's like such a halfway count, like a but shit no, but it's a full compliment in that their ownership of their partway musicianship and full entertainment value, I think, makes them fucking awesome. And I'll go here um, before I say other things. Musically, those dudes, especially early, the original lineup, had fucking chops. Those dudes, those dudes had riffs. All of them talented musicians. Like, look at what those dudes are doing now. Yeah, the they, drummer of the Mongoloids is in several bands and also acts as a studio musician. And basically, is one of those dudes who gets flung. Hey, man, we need somebody to lay down some tracks. Can you jump on this plane? We, we, really? We need you in Nashville. Yes. I know nothing. Like, uh, Dave, uh, the uh, who was not in the original original lineup, but later second guitar, maybe some bass. Um, Gagliardi, do you know? Him? Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. In Trash Talk. But also, oh, wow. studio dude, also a dude who's like, oh, this, insert name of famous rapper, texted me, I need to go do some stuff for him. Like, unbelievable right. musicians, and the dude who wrote most of the riffs is totally out of music, and has been for... Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, he wrote a lot of the early right. shit. It's funny, for them, they kind of hit my radar first because of the controversy more than the music. Which controversy? Well... Go for it. No, but I mean, I think... Which one is the right comment? Right, but I think it's like, this guy, it was before I had had met Greg or whatever, and I was sort of like, this dude robbed his band, and they all left him, so now he's like, it's the Mongoloids is one guy now, but they have to get other people to fill in, there's beef, who's getting jumped here, he can't go to this place, there's always fight, like, that that kind of preceded me even, like, So you weren't even in on them yet, you hadn't heard of them yet. I mean, I knew the name, but I never really like gave like because their name was the Mongoloids. As one of the shirts that I, I helped them make, which was a Smucker's ripoff with the name Fuck. like Mongoloids, Mongoloids yeah. it's got to be good. Yeah, it's a terrible name. You, you don't get enough credit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mongoloids—that's a provocative name right there. That—that that couldn't fly in twenty. No. I'm oh, shot. what about their shirt? This one's not mine. This goes out to my friends Jeff D'Agostino from New Jersey. I believe my friend Sean Yuri. Well, he was throwing throwing some TBT yeah, right under days. the bus. No, no, no. This okay. is a good one. Who should, along with Greg, a lot of creative ideas for shirts. 
but because they were so offended by the majority of the Mongoloids' audience, made a minor threat ripoff with a um, Mongoloid sheep that just said, Who is minor threat? Oh. They, they honestly were, they sold all those shirts. They were shameless, and that was part of the thing. Absolutely. Didn't they make the whole like half heart won't be straight edge next year? Or no, no. Verse. They made verse. the verse won't be straight edge next year. A good they, fucking call, by and the way. They yeah. were fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> so Greg's still straight edge. Yes, he is. I haven't seen Greg in a long time. He's doing. Well. I see him here and there. Yeah, yeah. He's so doing very well on the working uh, for some crazy YouTube kids, yeah. stars and. Shout out to Greg. Check him in your your Jacob Santorius videos or whatever the fuck. I think I honestly think that what Greg did with that band, and again, this sounds so weird because I don't think their music was very good. It's not like a backhand compliment. It's not. Yeah. I really like. What he did, particularly when the other members left or were kicked out, right, whatever the kind fucking of situation yeah. was, I think was so self-accepting and so self-aware that I can't knock it. Like, right. when, when your band leaves you and you straight up like go like, Fuck it, I did it. Fuck it. Yeah, you and know get what I mean? four other dudes to be like, I'll do it. Fuck I, it. I, yeah. I think that that is... Like, listen... Some Albany dudes ended up in the band for a while. That might be right. So, so like, listen, uh, Marky e. Smith just died. We look at the fall and look at it as some piece of genius and, and look at it as, like, it was, like, a, a fucking, like, an auteur playing multiple people. Quick time the, out, because this is the first time in recorded history that the Mongoloids in the, the fall have been, been compared. Mentioned. Greg Mongoloid and Marky e. Smith. Uh, but, but I honestly think that Greg, if he had chosen to do the Mongoloids as, like, a lifetime endeavor... Yeah. Uh, would be the Marquis Smith of, of hardcore. Putting because, out the same record every two years. Well, because, like, like, we look to Rick to Life, and Rick to Life just would grab a kid from, like, Poughkeepsie and be like, you're sure. the new bassist, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, like, can you get into Canada? He'd be like, I don't know, I'm 11. And, yeah. and, and, <laughs> what, what, what's, what's Canada? He's but, got a good Poughkeepsie accent. But, but, what's Canada? But, so, and we make fun of that. Right. Greg, I'm not making fun of. I think Greg is actually, like, a dude that, if he had chosen to do it, could have kept that energy alive for years in a yeah. better way. So we're going to talk about bands that have had numerous ne- member changes and only maintained yeah. one dude. But I think Greg could have done it. He I think I think he could have yeah. done it, and I think that he could have. Sure, like Dwight is an example. I mean, sure. there's that not dude a dude hasn't been in the same like no, the right. band no, has been same. I just looked. At and I'm pretty about. sure there's a couple different lineups of integrity even in its current form right now. I'm sure he's probably got a Euro. Di- di- right, Dom Romeo's definitely in it because he wrote the record. He's yeah. in all of them. Yeah, yeah. and, and then, then there might be different. Yeah, right. let me grab the most talented kid in Europe. fucking Netherlands right. and whatever. Let's put it this way: the Mongoloids last show did. 1,400 people. And that was in 2014, I think. Just oh, right. Fuck. And Something it feels like, like a thousand years ago. Yeah. But oh, I definitely feel so, like a thousand years So, I mean, dude did something right. So that he was able to close out on that high of a note. A note that, you know, that half heart gets or fucking right. guns up gets. Right. But, so, no, but they don't but get the Mongoloids, same. I mean, so let's start first. The name definitely doesn't help them. No. Um, two. I mean, his name is Greg Mongoloid now. It's terrible. I, that's what I call. It. I mean, that's what yeah. his nickname. Well, right. I mean, it's because it's banned, and then you know. Uh, but they don't get credit for many things. One, they're the band I, I talked about in New Jersey. There being this real like division of church and state, which is division of metal, fucking yeah. hardcore and the metal core sure. shit. Um, Greg was a dude who, when I met him, liked Floor Punch and liked Biohazard, and that's like 2004, and liked yeah. Tear It Up. 
but also liked Shattered Realm. Yep. And was really liked Mouthpiece. Loved Snap Case. Those dudes, those dudes, Nick Fit, all the people in that circle are super Catholic with their taste. They w- they don't think anything corny about a trade. They're like, no, it's corny, but it's fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they'll be like, it's not fun, it's terrible. Right. And they'll be like, riffs, dude. And you'll be like, I hate you, but yeah. I respect the fact that, that you, you're you have on a podcast. Yes. Yeah. So, so Greg also should get credit because he introduced a whole world. Edison, the Stelton Church, all that stuff. He wasn't like he, he came and, you know... Cleared the water and you know, hello, my children. This is this is hardcore. But he ushered in a lot of those dudes. The other dudes in the Mongolians were younger than him, and he 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 got them into different stuff. I don't know if they'd want to admit that now. I don't even know if they'd want to talk about that right now because there's still I think there's still some heavy feelings uh, between that and the original dudes. You can, um, you can at me. That's how much I back Greg. Yeah. I, you know I hate to be added. Don't yeah, at me about yeah. anything except for Greg. So and I will fight you if you so, want. So yeah. So there there was. Several controversies, but he ushered in this whole crop of kids up there that led to a scene that we've referenced more than once on this show as being like, oh shit, Stilton Church, that was a spot. Edison, that People was talk sick. about it. Yeah. They had so many controversies. Uh, to talk about Greg and the Mongoloids, like in New Jersey, like the shore had, has had a thing going for a long time now, since I was a young teenager and now I have a child. Um, and it's been pretty consistent. Same group of people, and we add in new younger mm-hmm. people, and they filter in. There was such a schism between the shore and and Edison that it was like, I'm getting calls in California, like, yo, can you talk to these dudes? Yo, talk to this dude. Yo, we're gonna fight this dude. Yo, we're gonna fight that guy. Yeah, we're. Gonna... And it was wild, wow. because especially Greg loved what was going on, and he respected a lot of that. And it just. I always say nine out of ten times there wouldn't have been that stigma, there wouldn't have been that schism, but there was. There was other controversies that I'm not going to get into, but I can say that I helped put out the first the the time trials LP on Collapse Records. I forgot about that. You're welcome. Ah. Uh, Thank you so much for bringing that into the world. You're welcome. Um, And uh, and he was nothing but easy to deal with, and the band was easy to deal with, and they knew what they were doing. And people forget. I think they don't get credited. Greg and the Mongoloids put on for Trapped Under Ice. Way first thing. Yeah. First band first band to really put on for them, bring them up, brought them to New Jersey, I don't know how many times. Really stepped in. And like I think that crew crew dudes remember that. But I don't think that gets put out on blast. Like, oh yeah, who's the band who helped pop Trapped Under Ice? Well, Trapped Under Ice did plenty fine with that demo all by themselves. Yeah. But the Mongoloids really pulled yeah. them up. Yeah. I I don't think that this is a good litmus test because plenty of Plenty of dog shit sells shirts. Sure, but I think I think that if if a band it, in talk about if it, a band in 2018, like a new band who didn't see it, actually understood at the revenue being brought in from a tiny hardcore act on shirts, it would blow their fucking minds and they'd oh, yeah. quit because I like when yeah, I think, like yeah. like when Self Defense Family does like seven hundred dollars at a huge show, I'm like. It's Christmas. Yeah, right. It's the best day of the fucking life. Oh my god! The only problem, the only problem is, and they do this, and young bands do it too. Please don't do this. Figure it out. They make a shirt. They sell fifty of them and go, "Cool, let's make another shirt, a new design." I'm like, "No, motherfucker! You sold fifty shirts at the show. Must have been a cool shirt. Maybe make another fifty. Change the color. Change the color. Change the color. Do something." 
save yourself on those setups, man. I'm not gonna get in the shot. But is that into yeah, like no, the whole? Now you're talking like a but does that lend lend itself towards the whole like streetwear limited edition? Somewhat, Cold somewhat, World merch somewhat. And it was total. I mean, Greg will cop to it because he was. I won't quote him, but I'm pretty sure Greg had near complete Cold World shirt collection. That's nearly impossible, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he had a basically complete Cold World merch collection up to like 2010, 11, 12, somewhere in there. I mean, those dudes popped off the whole like, streetwear, like... Well, they and they're just doing, doing well, unique... And I, I, I well, no, I wouldn't even say it. Mental, were, they were both just hardcore bands. Cold World did their merch in a different way and took knocks, and the dudes in that band knew that world, and they knew hip-hop, and they knew different worlds. Mental just made cool fucking funny hardcore shirts. They didn't... They didn't right, go straight where route. It's a fucking pair of Nikes. They, they caught the zeitgeist really well too. Yeah, they, they caught the time, and they right. caught. That's another upset. But, okay, but I mean, have Mongoloids, they, Mongoloids. We'll talk mental at some almost, point. But, almost, they've kind of, they've been, yeah, almost, they've been basically, been right now. basically. Planet but, Mental was a thing. It was and huge. Then it was gone. We'll get on them. Mongoloids, but the Mongoloids, uh, time trials, cool record. <laughs> I don't get any money from those streams, so just go stream it. Even people who. Have had beef, have beef. Twenty. Think they want to have beef with it, Greg? At some point in the future, <laughs> listen to that record and go, "It's got riffs." Somebody, so. somebody out there actually has a crown tattoo, uh, like at their hairline, that just says "Time Trials." Are we aware that's of right. that? That's right. I feel like I've seen oh, yeah. that. Are we aware of that? I All right. So. so, so I think we got time for a couple more. Why don't you guys, Pat, throw one out? I'm gonna throw Shai Halud. <laughs> Big one. <laughs> Uh, all right, I had this conversation. Yeah, I can speak on this. Uh, you can speak on it much better than yeah. I, but I'll say this. Shai Halud, at a point, was as big as any band in that lane for a hot minute. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they were on, like, you know, Dillinger, like, that level. They were, like, headlining Hellfest in front of thousands of kids. Yeah. I think it's funny. I think they've kind of been written out of history, but their actual impact oh, is as big as it's ever been. It's, it's got, it's it's got been. some of the long, they are one of the longest tail bands I can think of because they played for hardcore band. They played hardcore shows. Yeah, played metal ish shows. Played whatever that crossover scene was. Barely. But, yeah. But, oh, the, yeah. but their influence on Mall, I and Mall metal isn't a thing anymore. I understand. I sound really dated. No, I, but, I say it. It's but good. but like. But, but the stick to your guns, the yes. ghost inside. Counterparts is legitimate a Shy Halud tribute. Like, was it a hundred? Like, it is one of those bands. Like, yeah. Those, yeah. All of those bands, and when I say mall metal, listen, I'm certain that there is a counterpart. Actually, you know what? There was a counterparts, uh, somebody that is in their management world, whatever, played a counterpart song for me that they were, they were like, you will actually enjoy this. That kind of did. You okay. know what I mean? I wasn't mad at it. It's well done. So, so, like, here's the deal. I'm not... Like, when I use mall metal, at when I was a kid, that was a straight insult. Ooh, okay. N- now, that was like some corn shit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah when that, you that, say mall metal, that's, that's heavy words. So right, right. I've used that a few times. Fine, and read what that means. Words. Right. And now, with that in mind, in 2018, I bet if I call your shit mall metal, you say... Hell yeah! I like Hell yeah, yeah! 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 Thank you. So, yeah. so that's what we were going for. So, <laughs> so understand, I'm not actually shitting on any of these bands. It doesn't matter, right? I don't. Yeah, to be frank, to be frank, I don't even know what the fuck goes inside. But anyway, the the point is that they all fucking pray at that altar, and I think more than anybody, more than Poison the Well does. Like they pray more, Poison the Well. They pray at the they, altar of it. Yeah, but it's the fucking. They are Oz behind the curtain, and people. 
praying to the altar and they might not even know it because I don't think they get name checked. I think the older kids. I think the older kids do. The older kids, but what about? I think there's people in that younger group who are listening to stuff that is Shailud Nah oh, and don't know. Listen, and are like this. Uh, we're ripping off counterparts. Ca- okay, so counter- sure. counterparts. I'm just friends who know them or whatever. I'm confident that they 100 percent know who the who is. They 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 yeah. are like yeah we we play Shailud because that's that. what we okay. love. But right. the the kid that is 20 and really likes counterparts. Has never heard of Shai Halud. There's no yeah, question. Absolutely, not. and might have a band that is that sounds exactly yes, yeah. correct. There's a right. whole world of that stuff that yeah. I came in contact with. Where a young, I was working with a guy who's like 18, 19, and he's showing me this fest he's playing in Pennsylvania. I knew none of the bands. Right, there's probably hundreds good there. <laughs> not hundreds, but it was a yeah. totally it was it's a Jace world, and it made me think of that '90s era of of uh, New Jersey, where right. it's like, oh, here's this whole thing. And it's like, yeah, counterparts would be the fucking god here. Knocked Loose is cool in this world, but here's all these bands who are signing it, and they might not right. even be aware of Shia Lude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Shia Lude, where would you start for them? What's their record? Hearts, Wounds, and Nourished? Oh, I mean, that, well, that first seven is one of my first favorite seven records. Okay. I mean, we met them, I mean, we literally played their first show with Chad uh-huh. in Miami. He was 13. That's crazy. I was like, dude, That's your voice. Crazy. He was up front singing along for Indecision. I was like, dude, your voice is sick. How old are you? He was like, just graduated eighth grade. I was like, Go fuck yourself. That's crazy. It was incredible. And they had written and recorded that. Chad. First, first, yeah, he's not listening. He might be listening. He's down for the core. But, um... Way down for the core. But, so that first 7-inch, they had already recorded that dude was fucking 13. But now they were like a strong arm ripoff. Yes, they were. That's that's worth noting. And Matt Fox will unabashedly say, like, dude, we totally ripped that off. We kind of saw them from the beginning. And I remember being like, holy fuck, this band's really good. We had gotten like a tape of their shit that kind of spread out in New York. Like they came up to New York and played with like Ignite, like a CMJ yep, show or yep. something and killed. Yep. Because it kind of got Price out there records. and stuff. I think the reason why their legacy has kind of gone away is you can't have nine different singers. It's ridiculous. Yes. I think you yes. can. I think that there was a way that. So I, no, I honestly think not that. Not nine. Hold on. Not nine. I, I mean, it might actually be nine. I said it, it to might be actually nine. be nine. Okay, yeah. so. so, so it's Matt, Geert and Chad. Matt Fox. I sang. I now. sang for Shia Luda for a little while. <laughs> I've sang songs with Shia Luda. So wait. Me too. Matt Fox. No, I haven't. Uh, the Richard Lewis of Hardcore. Like, like any band leader, there's good and bad that you will hear about the man. Absolutely. Right. Yes. That, I have a soft spot in my heart for my love. Sure. So, but he's done us dirty. Okay. Well, if we're being honest, he is. He's. N- I got a soft spot for him, but I've got personal stories about him that aren't great. Right, well, oh, same. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Yeah, is that right. the, uh, that's a prevailing the, opinion. The, this, and it's yo, it's not even an axe to grind because I actually really like the guy. He can he can really talk on comics. Uh, no, he's a nerd. Yeah. Uh, Dorks. He, here's yeah. the thing. I, uh, I think, that he is a prime example of, the wrong guy for the job, because he's a leader. because, he is an uncomfortable weirdo. If he was the Dwid, right, the enigmatic, like, or uh-huh. or a West, Mis- or, right, or yeah. something like that, or even charismatic, whatever, or he... even the the kid from Rival Mob, Brandon, yeah. somebody who either has a vibe, whether that's mysterious and and ooh, right, or, or hey, I'm funny and self aware, and they have that attraction, yes, right, the magnitude. He could replace the fucking singer every show, and just fucking own it. Hmm. But because he is a very 
on anxious weird he's an yeah. OCD d- d- fucking weirdo and this, he loves this band so much and he like kind of cultivates it so much it's his, yeah. to the point that he broke it yes exactly that's, that's right exactly. Yeah, he's he, held it so tightly he, 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 he pet the bunny too hard broke the bunny's neck but I think that that song on the split with another victim set your body ablaze that's hard is an absolute bar none metalcore Classic. Classic. What about what about their no effects covers? Do you like those? I, I love it. I don't need that. But you know I, what though? Gear was the only guy oh, for the position. He he was perfect at it. He was amazing. He was perfect. But now you go like I've seen them. Uh, what's his uh, Mike Moynihan yep. from yep. Hollow Earth? Yep. Saw them with him. Fantastic. He yeah, never made he any of the record. I heard he was. But he was. I was watching. I'm like, no. this totally fits the canon. This yep. is yep. great. Then they kind of replaced him with other dudes that had great voices, but just very like, this is what we do, and just kind of. You know, very monotone. But then you go see them. Like I went to like one of those rev shows with Chad, and it's, oh, yeah. I don't know if it's you know Chad's used to playing fucking arenas, so playing Irving Plaza is like a fucking Whatever. drop in the bucket. But there was just something with that dude yeah. with those songs. I mean, he's I think it's a passion, good. right? You know, like and he's enormous, and he commandeers a stage. It's just so much different, and like you know, between it's. Him and Geert. After that, it's you know Mike yeah. was great, and there's been great guys in it, in and out. But you know they'll have like I think Pepito has sung for them a few times, oh, yeah, or wanted right. to, that's or right. like I think he did. Th- my friend Pete from Remembering never sang for them. Then another guy. Jesus like, Christ! So you still think that's okay? How many? I, I how many? Really we, how many are we talking here? This I, should I read them? No, no, it'll go off. We'll, it, it's, no, it's, it's go. Like so let me give a, a quick fucking shout Vietnam War dad. Or I something. want to give them a really big <laughs> shout out for stuff they don't get credit for. Is that um, despite them having an absolute lane that kind of absolutely fell more in the metalcore hardcore world, um, I remember them extending themselves, uh, Matt Fox specifically, and hooking up like a young thrash band, this band Down in Flames from oh, New yeah. Jersey, who were strictly you know like good friends they were of mine who were young. Five core, like they were yeah they were they were on sixty five yeah. and they were like in the thrash core world, but. Their their drummer and I think I think I think what's what his name Pete who's a fan thanks Pete I used to we talk love to him you. he was awesome Pete uh, me we still talk we're I gonna have go down to the Flames Seven yeah. good so they but he was friends with Matt just from talking to him on the internet or whatever and Shahlud invited Down in Flames to come play some shows with them and it was totally like it's 2000, 2001 and it was they were so excited and it, so they reached out they really did try to help out younger bands. They moved to Poughkeepsie by choice. Yeah, a really weird. Life the chance, yeah. the really chance isn't that choice. cool, right? Uh, I mean, well, I think it was Poughkeepsie's not that cool. What are you talking about? Right, but it was just cheaper. They were closer in Florida. They were kind of like landlocked, so they couldn't do that much. It was easier to. Yeah, let's get up to Poughkeepsie. Totally makes sense. Um, so I mean, their current lineup is literally two people. Uh, no, well, also, Mean Pete is that's what I the said. vocalist. Yeah, that's crazy. But the I last no time they did anything was with Pete. This is my buddy Josh, who's like a super talented dude from Brooklyn. There's almost no. There's almost a hundred percent chance that Matt Fox uh, operates this Wikipedia page. Uh, no, it is far question. too detailed. Without question. But here, here's the deal. I, well, Eric, too. We are studying team. this in a really wild way. I, I can't believe I, this is I, blowing my mind. I honestly think that looking at this list of former members, that's about fifty deep. Yes. If if Matt Fox had been Marky e. Smith and knew how to sit in a in a in a chair. Comfortably this, yeah. and answer questions and be dismissive and be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that guy." It it he could have owned this. Yes, he could have made this work. 
but he is ultimately at the end of the day who he is. Absolutely. And there's at least. And I actually really like the guy. And honestly, you know, like let's see. And that's. Oh no! It's so it's about seventy five. It's about seventy five. So Ryan Fox is doing vocals. Who is Ryan Fox? Is are they related? I don't know. That's amazing. If is they that are. Anthony Amore was in this band? Apparently so. Wow. So, so now, so, so here's the thing. Just, I, I actually, look at that. I mean, that is just right. So they, Matt, I, I mean, Matt, over, Matt played himself. He he pet the bunny too hard, and it's unfortunate because I think that they what makes them special is a combination of the fact that he was writing ultra melodic riffs at a time when it wasn't hot, yeah. and he made it work. And lyrically, there's nobody else like them. They it's are actually singing about a love of science fiction at yes. times. Yes. That's yes. bizarre. And I respect it. And he's and, the only person I can write that. Bizarre in a way that I don't know why you haven't tried. Haven't, what, say, to try out for Shia Lute or to sing? Well, or, or to, both, both, actually. No. <laughs> I mean, let's be realistic, though. We're looking at these, like, even that last record. It hit a lot of these fucking Oh, it charts. did well. But, I mean, this is the rare band that did Revelation and Metal Blade. That's a really funny thing. I forgot about that. And... Wow, and they did this "Just Can't Hate Enough," where they cover "Sheer Terror" and "Course of Disapproval." Major props on that because I like both of those songs very much. Is that the split? No, it's no. EP. That's so the here's first their splits inch. here. Um, I, so anyway, a band a band that has Sorry, a band that has uh, been written out. I think maybe unfairly, but I don't think there's any pitching this to. A young person in 2018. I think the only thing you can pitch on is purely the music of that time period and going, hey, you know what you're really into right now? Check these out. You might like these too. In a very pure, like, you don't have to go see them in 2018. Maybe if you love this, continue on the path and dig yourself down the hole, listen to the discography. But maybe just check out these songs and we'll throw them up on the playlist. Right. And I don't know if they necessarily translate, to be quite honest. Really? I don't know. I think you if could, you were telling a 22-year-old kid that likes counterparts, hey, man, I, check yeah. out this, you'd be like, I, I don't, don't hear it. I, I think The set, drums were weird. I think right. Set Your Body Ablaze could make almost anybody want to headwalk. I think if we played it for Andrew, who's engineering this right now, who it, it looks like a... I, I don't even know. Like a, self, a grown-ass man. Is that what we're going to say? Yes. He's an adult. It's, I think he would headwalk. That dun, 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 if we played Set Your, your Body yeah. Ablaze. I think Andrew falls closest to my musical taste, and I don't <laughs> think he would headwalk. Okay, so... But I don't know if it would translate to a younger kid, just as if, like, you let someone who likes Foundation listening to fucking Turmoil, it might not translate. <laughs> I think ter- I think Turmoil can translate to anything. If you I play Process Up... Sorry, quick. Well, you're process up, what's year the year other old. one? What's that? What's the other record? Uh, besides uh, the process of, yeah. uh, it's not good. Yeah, no, the process of is good. Yeah. It's um, a good record. There's a second. So, uh, do we have one more before we wrap? Is that, is it, do we, you guys want to do one more? Because I think we're going to do this on a recurring yeah, basis. Yeah, I agree. Because there's, this is a good there's so many bands level. we can count. There's so many. Yeah. So there's, 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 I want to do, we'll do something about mental, but I think we need a little more time on them because it's an interesting one. One that um, we brought up before, but yeah, this might I be too much. No, I think we can go into them. I think, yeah. Um, That's what, Oh, I was going to say James. But we can do... And we can, and we can end let's on that. Let's do two. No, let's no, do, we'll make a veil, because no. a veil's going to be a long one, because okay. they had... We'll so, go. So do we want to talk champion? Is that what you said? Sure. Oh, I want to do... Let's do that, and then... Okay. okay. So we'll let's do a veil start on champion. So for the, for the sake of... For, we're going to go through this one fast for a couple reasons. Yeah. Uh, 
A, because, you know, it's getting late, but B, because this is a hard one to talk on without tripping into some bullshit because it's actually a tiny bit more serious than a lot of the shit is. Right. Um, they just didn't vanish for reasons that no. we can't figure out. But at the same time, as we said, we want to talk about stuff here. We're not going to be scared yeah. of we things. Do. We but do. We're, we're going to talk about things in a way that's respectful as much as possible. Sure. Okay, so Champion uh, was the shit. The biggest band in hardcore for a hot minute, and not just a little one, a long one. Um, to the point where a, a friend of mine, younger guy, recently was asking me, he sent me a video of Righteous Jams or something, and he, you know, I was like, oh, you know, oh, they shout you out. And I'm like, yeah, I was their roadie. So <laughs> um, that's cool. But he's like, oh, they must have been, they were, you know, he was asking kind of like, were they big? And I'm like, yeah. who were they, one of the biggest bands? I'm like, they were pretty popular. They were pretty popular. But, like, I don't even think you can... Half as popular as Champion? I don't even know if that... No, I mean, Champion... Not Champion was probably three or four times bigger. Right. Champion was big with straight... Like, the more straightforward kids. Northeast, they didn't do as well as they did everywhere else. Right. But when you go out west, they were just so fucking they big. The kings of it, yeah. The kings. And big with straightforward kids. Did decently in the metalcore realm, even though their sound... Strictly precluded them from that arena. Sure. W- worth saying they were good live. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, you know what? I, listen, I was going to lean in and say I don't think so, but I think they did put on a good show. That's what and I'm when saying. you I saw care, them, I don't care how they. I mean, they were out of tune. No. When you when too, you yeah. saw kids going off for them, especially we saw I saw them out west once or twice, and it was one of those moments where if you don't like a band, you stand in the back and go, "What's going on?" And it was that moment, and I only had that same kind of level of like. Oh my God! I might be the only person in this room who doesn't like this band. As like, oh, you know, I, yeah, seen Bane early. I had know? that experience with Poison the Well. Right. But but here's the deal. Uh, I'm not talking about their ability to play their songs. Correct. I, I'm talking just about, talking about the, the reaction. Vibe and and the, yeah, the excitement. I'm, talking, I'm talking about the fucking ownership of the room. Now Turnstile has so much more energy and and bounce to it. But I think you could actually make that comparison that when Champion was at their peak, the room exploded. They didn't explode like Turnstile dudes explode on stage, but the room would explode going off for their songs. Right, right. They weren't. If you put them in front of thirty-five people that were like, eh, you wouldn't be impressed. No, 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 no. Like no. I feel like you throw a Turnstile in front of anybody, they go and, yeah. the, and you those go, thirty-five people are bouncing. Yeah, yeah. But, but this dude's like, if it wasn't four hundred kids, fucking, you know, but everyone there, yelling, but, break but at the same time. Was for years, for years. And sure. this is a band who started in I think ninety-eight. They have a Champion demo ninety-eight or ninety-nine. And right, I mean, like Tim Trial was it? They Tim went Trial, on for a long yeah, time. Yeah, and they had yeah. different members come in and out. Sure. But they, they, they really popped with that popped Bridge Nine record. Bridge Nine, yeah. and they were synonymous with Bridge Nine. Basically, in the wake of AN and Carry On and Panic, that kind of mm-hmm. era, Champion comes in, and they kind of come in a little before, but at the same time period as, say, Mental. Mm-hmm. And it's easy because Mental was cooler. Just straight up. Mental was cooler, quote unquote cooler. Right. These dudes are very earnest and very chained while the and, and, and sort of. And yes. cha- they yeah. had a they had a vibe and they had a look that people kinda were attracted to. But then champion their aesthetics weren't as tight, things and they like that. Were, a sweatshirt. Right. But they fucking just continued and they were one of those bands. We talked a while ago about the grinder bands outbreak, uh Trash talk, cruel hand, and not even in a diss way, but that their sweat equity gained them a lot of momentum. Champion was doing that, and they were touring all the time. Uh-huh. They, so they were the biggest band from Seattle 
Yeah, when did they break basically up? Basically ever. 2006? Yes, that's correct. Let's be realistic. So my so I saw them, we played with them in Seattle in 2002. Yes. They opened that Blood for Blood tour that we talked about. Yeah. Blood yep. No one cared. Yep. Like, it was fine. They were just the opening band. Yep. The local opener. Right, because Stay Gold canceled and broke up or whatever. Right. Champion jumped on that one show. A band, Stay Gold, who had kind of this weird moment of legacy. I don't yes. think people care now, but they Not had at all now. legacy. We played with it them at Rainfest yeah. and went over. Yeah. But, so now imagine within four years, they went from opening at El Corazon to like selling it out way in advance for their last Selling, selling it out in a way that they could have... Play, play played twice. three or four yeah, times yeah. and still sold. I also think that like we don't give Champion the credit for being somewhat influential at the time. Now I'm not yeah. suge- I'm oh, not absolutely. I'm not suggesting that anybody cared even five years later, six years later. Right, but there are a lot of offshoots but, like but the Blue the, Monday bands and all those. Go it alone. This whole like, realm. Yeah. I mean, sinking ships is open. Open that brother. shit wide open, wide sure. open, and it created a whole world. And uh, they actually did have more lasting power up until. Everything fell apart. Yeah. Where you would still see kids wearing champion shirts. Oh, yeah. They were still selling champion merchandise very strongly from all reports. Yeah. And they were still a band who was being looked back on. I never was really into the records. Uh, when I moved west and got to see them live, I'm like, oh, I okay, it. I get yeah. it. Not not my thing, but I get it. I prefer betrayed. Uh, do you prefer? I, 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 I like I betrayed kind of a lot. All right, we can talk on betrayed, yeah. and they're they kind of fall on this. They had a real fucking minute. They were headlining shows like pretty soon after, right out the, on, straight on, out on, of like, the box. Like they tr- they did the whole thing where like no no we're gonna be humble, open, play early, and and, and people were like no 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 we're not gonna play after you you're yeah. you're headlining the shit. Um, and they got a couple solid solid tracks actually. Back to life, that's a good jam. Um, oh, but I understand. But I'm a ram. That's what we used to say. But yeah. sorry. <laughs> but so. Champion, very obvious why they fell apart. Uh, okay, yes and no. Uh, so they broke up in 2006. I hadn't heard anybody talk about them in the last six years. So it's entirely possible that they were written out prior to what happened happened. I think that they certainly were on a slow decline of relevance or conversation. Okay. But, but I think you were still seeing... Or at least we're on around. On did okay. On did okay, but they're, they're still. They're, that's on's done by 2010 or 11. Right, right? and then they would do that new band, record. True Identity. So it's one of them. L- yeah. Listen, what was the band that he was in with Aram? Jim was doing a band later on, I like a Champion esque band with most of Champion. Yeah, I don't remember. Was that not True Identity? It anyway, let, let's stay yeah. focused. Let's sure. stay focused. So it's I, getting late, folks. It's getting late. Here's the deal. We've been talking for like five hours. Here's the deal. In 2017. Uh, some shit about Jim that is the singer uh, comes to light and then comes to light and then comes to more light and then more light yeah and this was a moment it's a watershed moment for sea change yeah for for, uh, I know people who got lawyers they went out and got a lawyer. Yeah, they Be- lawyered up because they saw they lawyered they lawyered up because they thought, "Holy shit, I'm next. I'm yes. next." Yep. And these were dudes who don't have guilty consciences per se. Yes, but they they looked at it and said, "I was banging seventeen year olds back then. That's what we were all doing, and I don't know what is actually allowed or not in yeah. retrospect." Right, Look, whatever looking, state I was in or whatever well, the fuck. Right. Well, it's not, no, forget the legality because nobody's pursuing no. those charges. It's just, hey, and le- like, let's talk about this in a very honest way. They're 
things change. Yeah. A- and social mores change. And I know that people don't like that because it do- it sounds as though I'm excusing what Jim is accused of. And I'm I'm really not. No, right? I, I mean, think his was also different. Oh, correct. Well, but but, the, but, the uh, but that's the thing. Severity. Yeah, that's sure, the thing. Yeah. I'm, I, but I, I'm so listen, I'm not even talking about no. Jim, just so we're clear. No, we're talking bigger. We're talking bigger than that. Um, so Jim was accused of his... I'm going through the history of the Wikipedia for Champion, and I'll just tell you that the language changes pretty wildly. It's clear that he has advocates that are changing it and he has detractors that are changing it. And, it, and like it, having a flame war on... It's the- going from vocalist Jim Jim Heskett sang an on in True Identity who disbanded yeah. following accusations in which no charges were pursued. Oh, wait a second. Uh, the most recent is... Yeah, wiki, uh, wiki changes, folks. Vocalist Jim Heskett sang an honest true identity who disbanded following child molestation accusations. That's an incredible change of language. Yes. And they, they go back and forth like that. And language is really a powerful thing, and you're seeing it exercised right here. So here's the deal, folks. I'm not talking about Jim. Let me go off on my shit for a second, yes. okay? I'm talking about everybody Separate. That, that everybody that was in an active touring band, excluding Tom, around that time. There was okay. there was social mores and and just values that were slightly different. And I really I it's hard to express that again, this is not talking about Jim who's no. accused of about twenty things that don't fall into the realm of ever being acceptable. Right. But the guys that I knew that went out and pursued either they called up their lawyer friends or they just said, Hey, I'm nervous. It wasn't hey, I'm nervous. I fucking did this horrendous thing 20 years ago. It was, hey, I'm nervous. I don't know how broad this spectrum will be. Will be. Yes. And uh, listen, maybe you're hearing this and all of this grates on your ears because it is not the way that you're used to hearing this addressed. Maybe there is only right and wrong in your world. And maybe there actually only is. I don't know. But, But I'm just saying that... It the Jim thing was fascinating, not for Jim, because Jim got as as the rap dudes say, all the way the fuck out of here. You know what yeah, I mean? They fucking put him on a fucking cart and just wheeled him the fuck gone. out of here. Yep. Deservedly so. Quick timeout, written out of history. Written out Quite of history. Literally. So so I'm not talking about Jim because Jim is to me not that interesting a situation. Let's it enough people came forward that even if you said, I don't think Jim did that Enough human beings came right, forward that you just have to say Jim did something, and, 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 yeah, and that's not the way that I like to operate. I like to operate on facts. Right. But when, but if a hundred people come forward on something, it becomes very difficult to go looking to not say, okay, even if I chose to, di- even if I chose to disbelieve. 30 people? Yeah. That leaves me with 70 that I think might be credible. Right. And you know I, I, mean? I want to say that yeah. I've heard people. And when you get mad about hearing conversations about this or like, oh, this is such fucking, you know, you want to get disrupted about call-out culture, da-da-da-da-da. Know that I've heard people hear about somebody who's being accused not once, not twice, three times, five times, 20 times by different people. And are saying, can you believe this? I don't believe any of it. Oh, okay. Well, and that's tough, difficult. So if you're mad that this is existing or whatever, or you're having a problem with the language, or 
people talking about this kind of thing openly because really we're kind of heaping a lot of praise on Champion because in reality they were influential, they were big at the time, and they've been kind of gone because of something actually serious. I should also I, and listen. Some wonderful guys. I should yeah. Wonderful I, should, I should also be frank that the people in this band were cool to me, including Jim. Absolutely, same. You know what I mean? Sure. Never so, had a problem. And and his younger brother Danny is somebody who I still consider a friend to this day, and at one point was a very important friend of mine. So. Listen to us, folks. I'm going to spell this out for the people that might have that Rick to Lifestyle TBI and don't retain things very well. Nobody in this room is defending Jim on any level. No. The conversation that is of interest is what that did. And I think that that is more nuanced than Jim. You know what I mean? And I think it is more worthy of conversation than Jim. And... At the root of it, less, less, less important than the serious shit. And that's why we're bringing up the serious shit. Because whether people remember fucking champion or not, mm. or what champion was or not, fucking cares. Right. Bad shit. But that's what we're doing here. It's hardcore podcast. Talking about it. Champion was a big band. Had a huge influence. It was waning. And then it go- went away. And I don't think it's ever coming back. I don't know. I, 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 see, here's the thing, though. I don't know. We talked about Blood for Blood. Right. And Blood for Blood, we talked about as though nothing fucked up happened. Right? We talked about it before as though it was like that was a band that you could talk about. Right. Sure. But, That's right. But, That's right. But for about a year and a half, and I know because I know people really close to the situation, yeah. it was not a band whose name you could say. Oh, sure. And... So I'm going to say that Blood for Blood might still make our playlist. You know what I mean? Like right. like a playlist, right? Right. Sure. Uh, so. Right. And. Uh, to, Is that right or not? You know? Like, well, listen, you're, you're talking to me and I. Yeah, artists, uh, art. When I separate the two so yeah, completely I that it upset. It, it upset. I know it is tough. I think we might have to have a vote on this. We'll, we'll say. Yeah, it's hard uh, to differentiate. You know, the yeah, not, from not from me. Because from I'm, me, with not it. I'm, I'm with the, the separating art from artists. But um, but As it is tough in a community setting like this. So. Oh well, listen for the pur- for the purposes of of our conversation. Yeah, no, we shouldn't separate them at all. No. But for the purposes of your ability to go through life, and yes. I think perhaps you should consider it. But listen, that's a big conversation. But but the point we'll is we'll get on there some other day. But yeah. but but the point is the the uh, the champion thing. Uh, so the this the the over- would they have been written out of history if it wasn't for this? I think they would have faded. Well, here's the thing, though. I think that what decides this is do 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 the young brothers champion like do I don't mean champion like the band. I mean do they does the equivalent of the Youngs who have taken bands that have been totally forgotten. Sure, and or never known to begin. Or never known. No one right now, but there might have been someone at some point in the next. Three to five because that will come back around. Champion. Yeah, because right. it always does. So, because right now it, it would be considered, for lack of a better term, like too yeah. milk toast. Okay, so, for what's yes, going correct. on right yeah, now, correct. Swing around, but but, yeah. uh, but okay. So so um, for people that don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, the, the Youngs are the dudes from California that are you know some of them are done a bunch of different fucking bands, a bunch of different fucking bands. But, but what they they've done these random their influences. Their influences were really kind of smaller things that to them were larger than life based on where they came from. Kind of very, very traditional hardcore ideas like, hey, Bob, you have a weird predilection for bands from New Jersey. 
Oh, I do. Hey, Pat, you like a lot of bands from all... Weird. Yeah. And Tom, you like a lot of New York bands, especially Brooklyn bands. Weird. Right. And, and the Youngs yeah. have resurrected... I, w- I won't say careers. They've resurrected... Because none of these bands have careers. It's just they've resurrected legacies. Sure. And made it so... Or uh, created uh, legacies for some of these acts. That's yeah, correct. Absolutely. That's correct. So that, to me, is the deciding factor on is something likely to be forgotten. So I don't think anybody will ever go to the Mongoloids and say that's a thing that I want to... Sure. But, no. I, but I could see it for Champion. Musically, I think that there's somebody out there that said, holy shit, this takes all of that like kind of like fast drumming fucking like youth crew... Po- right. Like it's not, it's not hard like American Nightmare, like, right. it, but it's post-traditional youth crew. Yes. And, and I could see a kid hearing that and going, I fucking love this and I'm going to do a band in this style. But would they ever say for fans of Champion? You know what? I th- Like how Shyhood has had this immense impact right? Mm. but no one ever name checks them. I don't think so. I don't think they'll... I think and that I think name for is reasons. shot. Yeah. I think the name is shot. And yeah, understandably reason, so. You know? yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh, a terrible thing that that dude did and it should never be resurrected. Might that style come back and sort of and people brought up in like a, and go, oh, yeah. a Blue Monday or fucking Go It Alone instead of name checking champion. I can yeah. see that. Right. Yeah. But I think their oh, name I, is done. I think Go It Alone, a band that has That's been it. written out. I, I, be, I think that while that doesn't appeal to me, I think that that will be an influence to somebody. Uh, I mean, a quick thing is that I think, you know, Count Me Out uh, is a band I like a lot. Sure. And I don't really like Champion, but the first Go It Alone LP is very good. And uh, certainly was bigger on the West Coast than anybody. Really, if you weren't there at that time period, it's really hard to explain. They did very well. Yeah, and, it didn't and, really impact that here. No, it didn't. But no, I know. Like no, 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 no. Oh, they really had a big hit for a while and could have continued on it. But just never connected, and that's a that we'll talk on. We'll talk on them at some point. The the legacy of rival and rivalry records. There is a whole era of bands that have been willfully forgotten. We we'll talk about that. But listen, this has been the most nerdy. This is like when we launch launch a Patreon. This will be like this will be like the additional content because this is for the nerds only. This is like this is severe. So uh, who, 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 who do we have? To close this out, do we have anything new that we want to talk about? New. I haven't listened to anything in the last two hours, so really. Yeah, we've been behind the curtain. Sorry. Have you guys checked out that Inclination record? I haven't had a chance to. Okay, everybody's coming at us saying this is it. This is this is Foundation 2.0. This is Foundation with heavier riffs, right? Yeah. Foundation was pretty fucking heavy. I know they got heavy. You know what? But there. recorded, it didn't. Yeah, yeah. It, but that last record is pretty fucking. It's, the last record's good. Absolutely. And, and, but when people hit me and said, uh, "This is the new Foundation," I said, "Oh, you mean the new band that will underachieve on record while still being one of the better live acts of the era, and then almost completely forgotten because nobody can. There's no album for people to refer to." Sure. Yes, it could be that. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? So uh, a couple. Uh, so I got a chance to. Here, the Fiddlehead LP. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I've been told that there's going to be some news on that very soon, so keep your eyes out. They're doing a weekend uh, in March with Jem, who I believe is Fury Dudes. Yes, that is correct. West Coast, and Glitterer, Ned Russin's project. Wow. Um, very cool. I got a chance to hear the Blind Justice LP. It is very good. Oh, man. I can't wait to hear um, 
and something that was emailed to us by the guy who does the record label, but because it was sent to us by Alex Casey, a friend of the pod who we will have on as a guest. Shout out to the Hudson Valley. Um, he sent me uh, this as well, so the fact that we got the coincidence, I'm going to mention it. Uh, Monkey Fellow. Uh, I'm not sure I'm with this. Uh, I don't know that I am either, but... I saw that in the email. I was like, that is such a... The demo cover says, Zurich Straight Edge Go. Okay, I'm in. I'm back in. You're back in. I'm back in. So it's like sportswear type shit? It looks like man-lifting banner. The name is Monkey Fellow. Monkey Fellow. I have a quote from Alex, and Alex should be on the pod soon. I have no clue what it is, but I'm listening for the first time now. It's insane. All right. Uh, I don't like sportswear. I don't like manlifting banner. I don't like anything that's European that has I like that vibe. thumbs down. I like uh, you're way too cool. Stuff. But I like rise and fall. I like Congress and liar. Oh yeah, but that's the heavy stuff. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like okay. of European hardcore. Right, right. Um, by the time this comes out, the the lineup for Sound and Fury will be out. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. We want to talk on that for just a second. Do you want to talk? I'm going to show it to you guys. Can we talk about we it? Can't, we can't out. name anything. We can't name anything, but why don't we respond to it and we can react. Uh, well, by the time this comes out, thing. it'll already been published. It'll probably be published. No, but we can talk. We, you know. talk oh, that's yeah. true. That's okay. true. Right. So we're not giving away anything. All right, yeah, let's do it. That's fine. Okay. Riley, I'm not giving out any trade secrets. Hang on one second. Right, this will be a week or two after. It'll be old news. Okay. Yeah, old news. So for people that are behind the scenes... Uh, we're recording this early because uh, this is some of the most evergreen content of all time, which is just, uh, oh yeah, those bands that we forgot. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. not it's not like breaking news. So, But this will be semi-breaking news when it comes out. Yeah. It come, so the, Do they announce on Friday? Yeah. This yeah. upcoming Friday. And then, yeah, so and then this one will be the, the week right. after. We'll do this sometime <clears throat> next week. Uh, right. Here is the list, guys. You want me to read it or you want me to show it to you? Uh, give me a couple bangers. Yeah, like the holy okay. shit! I can't believe they got okay rotting out. Sick. First show back. Okay. That'd be fucking huge wild. in California. Huge yes. in California. Trail lies. Okay, we like That'd it. Good. War hungry. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Don't think it matters, but okay. Sabertooth zombie. Oh, uh, also don't think it matters. Not at all. Foreseen. Cool. Eco strike. Awesome. We'll, They'll probably kill. That'll go big. Yep. Drug Church. That'll go big. Oof. Well, yeah, they, can't, they all can't be winners. Yeah. Day by day. Okay, that'll go big too. See, uh, here's what you'll notice in what I'm saying, in that the the, the war young, hungries yeah. of the world, which I don't beef war hungry at all. No, I bet it's fucking great. Uh, great. Will not matter to the Sound of Fury crowd in the same way that Eco You don't Strike think will. so, though? No. You don't think like not the Twitching Tons kids Strike. will be into that sort of thing? Those They need to prop that up a lot more than it's been propped up. It's a great, sure. great band, great record. But they need the dudes from to be like, Twitch dude. To be like no, 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 yeah. no. Everybody needs to go listen to the fucking War Hunter records right. right now. Sure. Um, abuse of power. Okay. okay. Ceremony. I uh, can't do it without them. Yeah. Citizen. Okay. Interesting. That's what they needed. Sure. Dead heat. Okay. Cool. Cool. Detain. Oh yeah! Yes. Wow. Proud, proudly presented by Harm Reduction Records. I had to pay to get the note. No, I'll be happily moshing for them. Though. Yeah. That's good for that's, that's a good show for them, man. That's great. Uh, gouge away. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Cool. See, I, li- I like the detain and de- like detain, then followed by gouge away. That's such different vibes that I actually think, I think that's cool. Because that's sound, a hardcore fest. Because sound and fury leans gouge away to me, and, and detain takes is, away from detain, and detain is the odd man out. They but they pull in detain because detain's ignorant, but not uh, not looking to do that. No, they, they're ignorant in this space, and, yep. and they can recognize that. Distort. Um, okay. What is he? 
Yeah, with a Z. Uh, spiritual cramp. Oh, that's cool. cool. All right, good for them. Razor bumps. Okay. Cool. Mill spec. Oh, hey, we talked about that. There you go. Initiate. Okay. Ingrown. Bib. Hey, people love ingrown. I don't know. In- ingrown is like I think I it's know, Seattle yeah. shit. I okay, think, we'll it, but, but, it. but it's. Uh... I think we're gonna do a, like a Sound of Fury like listening party. We'll okay, try to get right, some tracks for right. each other. Cold World. See, big let's talk about that's it. A, that's... You think that's big? I don't think that's big. I think it'll be big. They don't play enough. I know, but I think that's killed them. Like I think that they've played just enough to lower their stock, but not but not enough to like and make have it. Also lower yeah. Their stock. So yeah. like I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, right? Because but like here's what I'm hearing from this is the young bands and middle class are what's going to sell this because Always. because I don't I, listen. This is not me knocking Cold World. It's just just so we're fucking clear. Yeah, but what I saw last year was young people. You know what I mean? Freak. That's what yeah. I saw. But I, I think Sound of Fury leans really young compared to other fans compared to the East kids. Coast. And, and I still think they come off with young kids. I'm not sure. The biggest Cold World material, I think, is still Ice Girls. In yeah. That era oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. That came out in 2005, which is Fair. 13 years ago. That's tough. Sure. And I'm saying that the average Sound of Fury oh. attendee is 20. Yep, so there were seven when that came. Born yeah, but I mean, look at like. No, I'm not saying. Well, that. look at Girl Biscuits. Half the people that go go nuts for Girl Biscuits were totally, six when totally, they came out. Totally. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if born, if sure. born. I mean, so now yes, many were. So oh, there's still more. There's still more, but I, I, I think I named most of the ones that are interesting. So it's fair to assume um, that the headliners are Ceremony and Riding Out, right? I believe so. Those are strong California headliners. Fuck yeah. I think Sabertooth Zombie is underrated. How big that is in California? Okay, so is it really? I really big. L- listen, I. They're like ceremony and chase. I know that I d- much. I dated a woman who only, and she does not care about hardcore music except for Sabretooth Zombie. Yeah. Really? They are, that type of, they are that type of band. A bib is on this. And wait, there's one. Division of Mind. I forgot to mention them. Yeah. I think, that, I think that'll do really well. Division yeah. of Mind. Division of Mind is a band I've been talking about for a minute. Uh, if there were more, if there were more Sorry. labels right now, a smart one would have scooped them up and said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do whatever you guys need. Right. You guys want a tour? Let's figure it yeah, out." There's there's nothing. There's for just that. Nothing no candy there. on there. There's nothing for that. I believe candy is gonna be on there. Oh, sorry, candy gonna die. Um, that was just main lineup. There is some other sideshow stuff that I sure. don't have the lineups with me right now. We'll be doing the live podcast yeah. or no? Oh campaign. yeah, we've been we've been talking. You, California, you want us to come out and do a live podcast? Um, also, just in general, you guys want us to do some Twitch streams or something? I don't know. We'll figure some. Weird yeah, shit out. we got we're on a group chat all day. We got to figure out what the bonus material is here because I feel like people are like people hound us all week for new content. I know, and like. We got. We'll find a way to. Make I was thinking about it. setting up a Slack or something like that, and just having people join and Listen, you can talk. I don't know what the motherfucking Slack. Is. I know it's, it's like a, a Slack chat or something. It's just like it's I just hear other fucking, podcasts. It's like how it. it's how workplaces. Uh, it's a workplace aim. Okay, yeah, workplace aim. All right. Well, we, but you can have an app for we, it. We sure. are your humble. We are your humble workers. So let's figure uh, it out. Okay, got a full time so, goddamn job. So uh, you can add us at. Axe to Grindcast on Twitter. And uh, you can email us at Axe to Grind Podcast at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, and we're going to outfit you with this, has been the, by far the nerdiest episode. 
This is pretty bad. We've had a lot of nerdy episodes. All of our, I mean, let's be realistic. Our shit is so nerdy. Th- but this one, I feel like. Yeah, you know what? Let, you know what? Let us know if you enjoy this or, because we hear from so many people that we turned you on to the music and hopefully that's what this did. But yeah. when we're turning you on to good, clean fun, you may not come back. So like, j- just let us know if this is a thing because we can talk about forgotten shit all fucking day. Right. right. Well, like we, this, 99% this, of bands are forgotten. So right. Like, and this, this is, this is going to be the, the episode, the one where they talked about about good clean fun um <laughs> quick thing uh that, that corny shit about rating and reviewing on itunes we're not going to do that but you should do that it helps yeah so do that we want to we, wanna do we hit the charts which is kind of cool it's weird and the best thing that i've heard is that it's inspired people to talk about music more with their friends please do that tell them to talk tell them to, to listen to our podcast that always helps um and more than anything just Talk to your fucking friends about music. And talk it's, to yourself it's, it's listening enriching. to our podcast. Yeah. Which is what I've heard. A lot of people are like, I'll find myself kind of interjecting in the conversation and then realize I'm not sitting with you guys. Hear it all the time. I which is it. pretty fucking hilarious. It's, it's fucking, amazing. So. I love it. So, I love you guys. Thank you. Quick thing. Uh, big thanks to Andrew, our producer today. Yes, thank our, you very much. Uh, he's not going to be proud of this work. Though. No, it's he's like, not going to be. He's not going to be. He has a, a podcast called Overnight Drive that is fantastic. It's funny. Uh, go listen to it all. Especially episode 10. That shit's classic. Thank you to my friend Emilio uh, from uh, Rassle Rap. It's a big wrestling podcast. Oh, shit. He kind of put oh, me yeah. up on the whole, well, number one, how to do certain things, how to get you know our podcast around, and also uh, put me up on the, the charts, which I didn't know existed. So, yeah, we didn't either. <laughs> so he pointed that out at first, so I'd like to thank him for giving me something else to check, like a lunatic. Yeah. So thank you. Thank, this has been Axe to Grind. Thank you for your time and attention. Thank you, guys. And gals.